We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. NFL pick six, pick six week. Uh, wow, man, is it week this again? No, we're, we're doing it live. We're doing it live. It's the NFL <laughs> pick six show week number 14. Good Lord. Stumbling uh, out the gate. Um, not stumbling. Two of the, the greatest DFS players, two of the greatest NFL analysts. we got Rich Rebar, Sharp Football Analysis, John Daigle, four for four sports. You figure I would get this right by week 14, but you know what? We're sputtering out the gate. Hopefully, we'll do better than Zach Moss did last week. He certainly had plenty of opportunities. We're going to run it back. It's probably Zach Moss week once again. John, uh, welcome to the show. It's Wednesday, 9 o'clock. Do appreciate those uh, that join us live on the old YouTube. Hit that like. Do subscribe. Turn on those notifications. Also, check out on YouTube the Listener League. The Listener League is live. It's going to be up there as well. Uh, if you win that, if you take it down, you get one month free. One month free of RG Premium. Do want to shout out last week's winner, CMAC17554. Already hooked him up with premium. CMAC, by the way, John, uh, San Francisco stack for CMAC. No CMAC, Purdy and Debo. And that's that was the right call because those guys both smashed. Welcome, John. Anything to say as far as uh, week 13? Are we going to be a, a forward looking show? Only the true grinders are still with us now. Week 14, we're coming down the quarter pole. That's the blessing of DFS and prop bets is that that's the only reason we're all doing this nowadays. Uh, I would just suggest everyone getting the listener league, because if you do, you probably play the lineups we talk about on Wednesday, because by Sunday morning, I outthink myself on the winning lineups and I log Kenny Pickett in there instead. So please, everyone join to just play the players we talk about, like Brock Purdy absolutely smashing the slate. You uh, took it down amongst us, amongst those that participate in the show. The highest oh, short word. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, there's an asterisk by it. I guess you forgot to, uh, <laughs> you, you, the, the, the lineup yeah. you would have put in there, we're going to Roger Maris. Yeah. Uh, the lineup that you would have played, uh, you would have gone first. So we're you're, you're selecting a movie for all of us to watch and talk about, uh, you know, at the end of the show, after we're, we talk about the slate for an hour, hour and a half, rich one last week, we'll be talking about, uh, fat man starring Mel Gibson. <laughs> I, I want to I want to go straight to Fat Man, but we're going to save that. We're going to save that for the end. I have a lot to say. 
Uh, Rich Rebar, Sharp Football Analysis, welcome to the show. Um, yeah, I, I'm excited to talk Batman, and of course, Week 14 as well. What's up, Rich? Yeah, you know, listen, man, it's mid-December. We got to try to recoup some of this Christmas cash. I had the uh, the nice conviction on Sunday morning to just pull Alvin Kamara out of a bunch of lineups uh, when Chris Olave was declared he was going to play. That uh, chalk another one for tinkering with your lineups on Sunday mornings, working <laughs> out so tremendously well. Yeah, uh, I feel like I never make the right move. I guess you just sort of forget. Like you, you always forget when you lose the race or when like your guy gets hurt, but you never really remember when it actually gets you benefit from it. But it feels like. It doesn't happen often enough, but yeah, I'm certainly done that. There's, I, like, I, there's I, uh, good guidelines if we can make like a Ten Commandments, right? Like, don't <laughs> don't change your mind because of weather. Like, don't don't play it. Don't touch your lineup like a, on Sunday morning. Like all those things. Like we can just add. We just make like a commandment list and start adding to it. That's I, uh, what's I'm, interesting about this week is that it was even somewhat challenging to pick three games because we're always already seeing the boards come flying down due to weather games. Um, you know, we'll still talk about the players, the situations, but we could lose a couple. We may do need to tinker and make an exception this Sunday morning. It's a Wednesday night. Obviously uh, those that are listening live know this, but like, we're not going to dig too much in the weather, but I did pull up Ross weather report. And of course he updates this on Sunday morning, chief meteorologist, Kevin Roth. And he's got, uh, Cleveland is, is yellow, orange, you know, winds 15 to 20 miles per hour, gusts around 25, and all this, again, subject to change. Jets, orange, uh, and if you don't know his color code, orange is bad. Red is like, stay away, but orange is also pretty dicey. Very rare to get a red game. Yeah, yeah, you, you don't get those too often. If it's baseball and it's red, it's rained out. They almost always. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, that's how, uh, that's how that works. Think. Yeah, Um Jesus. Uh, it, thankfully, we're not talking about Pittsburgh and New England on Thursday night. We can. Uh, do you want to? I mean, if you want to talk about it, no, you're happy. Let me no. ask you this: uh, Are you? Do you guys? Are, are you going to watch this game? I, I mean, no, I, I know you, absolutely not. <laughs> I, I think this is, this is the one where, like, you uh, you tease your partner and like, I'm making an exception for you. It's the first of December. I know yeah. we got the playoffs coming up in January. So I'm going to ignore football tonight for you. Just don't tell her the total is going to close at 28, 29 points. I'm or, going to yeah, blind bet the over and not watch a snap. Uh, hope for some defensive touchdowns. Yeah. Zappy, Trubisky, uh, get excited. I'm not even certain it's about Zappy. Are we? Does it matter? Who knows? Somebody will be quarterbacking for the Patriots. It's not going to be Tom Brady. He's not going to be very good. And uh, is it below 30 now? I see 30 and a half. Is it lower than, than 30 and a half as far as? Uh, the There's total- a couple 30s out there. Uh, I will say there's been seven games in the Super Bowl era that have been 30 points or lower. Six of the seven have gone over. So just, just take a blind <laughs> swing. Hope and- for hopeful of Malik Cunningham to play, do something. Oh my Every- gosh. Everyone's so distracted <laughs> by Thursday that they don't even realize there's another 30-point total on Sunday. That ever since Trevor Lawrence's injury, we saw the Jaguars game plummet against the uh yeah, plummet against the Browns. So We'll in that one, happens. yeah, because they're like East Coast weather. And there's supposed to be like a, a storm, but it like from what I heard today, it wasn't going to happen. Like it's, but we'll see. Obviously, it's Wednesday. Who gives a shit? Yeah. I mean, like, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll deal with it on, on Sunday if it's a thing. Yeah. We, we yeah. need Daigle. We'll need Daigle to go outside because no one cares about, <laughs> no one's playing any Browns, Jaguars players. So I, you guys don't need me this week, but we'll need Daigle to see if we need to play <laughs> Justin Fields and DJ Moore. I mean, the last the time way. it was 46 and sunny, and we still got like 30 points on the slate. So I don't know. 
It didn't matter. I was <laughs> outside. You say nobody's playing Browns and Jags players. Uh, well, maybe some Browns man, are hitting man, some yeah. off the- They're not I playing mean, Elijah Moore. People are hoping they can play Elijah Moore. Air yards yeah. are real. <laughs> sort of, maybe. We, uh, I get it. Yeah, we, we need a couple things to go right for us in that game, but I we can talk it. about those in the positional plays. We don't need to go overboard there. Yeah, John, I always try to figure out, like, you're, you're in charge of, like, the three games we're going to talk about. Like That's kind of like your official, unofficial job. And you said you, you had a tricky time with it because, yeah, it's uh, we focus on the three main games. It's an 11-game slate, only two teams on by, Arizona and Washington. We do have two games on Monday night as well. Uh, the best game we of the week, Philly and Dallas. Unfortunately, not on the main slate, but that, that should be fun, if nothing else, uh, Sunday night after this main slate. But I, I don't know, John. Like I, I would have had a hard time feel, like really wanting to talk about three games, and it's an 11-gamer, but it kind of feels smaller than 11 games. Is that where you're at as well? Because it's just like, man, this this game looks pretty terrible. And this one, yeah, when, I guess it's going to happen, but yeah. When we get to positional plays too, I'm going to say a lot of guys who are just playing indoors. Uh, I'm going to be like, oh, I can yeah. just ignore this whole slate and play the guys indoors <laughs> in good spots. So how about that? So we'll talk about those players too. But I, I thought, you know, initially looking at Rams Ravens, thought it could be fun, but we may be getting very bad weather for that. And there's still a couple of positional plays we could play. I would like I would like to maybe go overweight on that one too if we get good weather. And then Lions Bears, it's just one of those ones where even Vegas knows since it opened, it's dropped six points in the total. Like it's just crashing down right now. Plus the Lions, again, we'll talk about positional plays too, but Lions are in such a bad spot, man. Like they're this paper tiger defense has been exposed. Now maybe no Frank Ragnow. So it's already been tough to run on quite literally the league's best rush defense in Chicago. Now try to do it without your all pro starting center. It's, it could be rough out there, too, so it's pretty ugly. We now also drop props during the show, and one of the things <laughs> that I wanted to bet earlier in the week was uh, Justin Fields' rushing yards. I wonder if that has changed or if it's even dropped, because I could not find it yesterday, but that's uh, maybe that's something we can talk about. It's early, on. right? They're to, they're, it's probably not out. They don't, yeah. even have, they don't even have Zico Elliott props yet on most books, because I, I don't know what they're waiting for. Uh, I guess for Ramondre – I don't, I don't I actually don't even know what they're waiting for, but some books were very late to drop them. I guess because everyone knows he's going to get 20 carries in the ugliest game of all time. Well, Jamichael Hasty is going to come in and be the, the showdown king. By the way, I just found uh, Fields uh, 60 and a half is the number that I'm seeing on DK. 60 and a half basically across the board on MGM and on Caesar. So, yeah, I was hoping for mid 50s. I don't know. We'll talk about that. 16 and a half. It's- he's rushed for 100 yards in three straight games against the Lions. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I'm I think I'm still gonna hit it. They they, they can't they can't make it uh they can't make it too high. We'll see. All right, let's talk about the first of the three main games we're gonna talk about here before we run it back and talk about players that are not in the three main games. Indianapolis, they take on Cincinnati. It's a 39 and a half, uh I'm sorry, 43 and a half total. That's our first game, right? Did am I reading this wrong? That is correct. Whatever right, you want it to be, Dean. Whatever you want it to be. <laughs> I want to talk Houston Jets. Yeah. The other two, we're not going to do that. The, the <laughs> other two, the games or other two games we're talking about are late swap opportunities. So that's the only reason we should probably put them second. But this one I, is is one where the total has increased, and both defenses are so bad that we think their offense could get there. Some of the pieces are going to be chalky in this game too. So it's one we have to talk about. You're on mute, Dean. Three you're, weeks uh, in a row. You're, you're off Three to a weeks. Hall of Fame first 10 minutes of a show. Three right now. weeks in a row. 
I, this is not going to go my reel. This is a bit. This, any, this is like no a, this an official bit of the show. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> we forgot in the intro, the actual bit. We actually have a real happy birthday, John Daigle. Oh, is it? I didn't know this. Yeah. You know, the actual, uh, we, Dean, were you, were you around when it used to be the bit where we wish Daigle happy birthday? I knew it was a thing. Uh, yeah, people in the chat would just always, every single so, week, well, week would no, wish him happy birthday. No one noticed but me, but tra our good friend Travis Mangone was in the chat last week, and he said it. I don't know how he remembered. I think he has his alarm set, honestly, every year. But he was in the chat blowing it up last week, and I didn't mention it because I didn't want anyone to see it. But yes, yesterday was my official birthday. You're at the age now where you don't even like it being acknowledged. Is that what's going on? Just like, yeah, I don't I think talk that's about always it. been the age. But also, honestly, I think the older you get, and this is something Rich has kind of sprinkled into my life the last, I would say the last year, maybe therapy also, but it's hit a lot harder that we should genuinely just spend our entire lives being appreciative of our friends and family. Like that's, it's that simple. Like uh, as someone who I even went to a bar by myself last night, but I did like a little friend get together over margaritas and then stopped at the bar by myself to just remember who I am, be appreciative. Cause it is like, it's where I get my confidence from is being able to go to movies by myself, dinner by myself. And I love doing those things, but to also share those experiences with like good friends in the area. It is special. It really is. So I did both last night. That's really sweet. If nothing else, you take this podcast. If you learn nothing football-wise, that's a good message for sure. When, when you go to dinner by yourself, do you re, uh, have like a laptop? You're on your phone. You're reading a book. What are you doing? I do carry a small book in my back pocket around sometimes, uh, or I have the Kindle as well where I pull it out. But no, honestly, I am a social butterfly. Uh, I don't even try to be. So most of the time, honestly, I end up getting like the bartender's number, like both male and female, just to be friends. And I don't even mean to, but oh. it becomes this conversation where you make personal connections and that's all it is. So I can remember like Josh at Central Park Bar down the road. I know Venus at uh, Park and Field around the corner because my, my useless talent is names. I can remember everyone's names. So uh, it certainly has helped as in my adult life. All right. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's certainly a good, uh, good to have in your arsenal for sure. Uh, Cincinnati, but the reason why, well, this threw me off, this number did jump, like you said, and I had it written down the other day at 39 and a half. And like, it's, this is one lineup that the one that's actually jumped up. They must've saw how amazing Jake Browning was on Monday night and we're crowding him all of a sudden. He's like the 15th best quarterback in the NFL by default. Uh, Bengals at home here, one and a half point dogs versus the Colts. 43 and a half is the total. John, uh, feel free to start wherever you want to start. And I guess, you know, Zach Moss, we're going to run it back, right? He, the opportunity was there, process versus results. He had what, seven opportunities in the red zone or at least in the, inside the 10. I don't think he had any of the one or the two or the three. But, um, you know, he was who we thought he was. He just didn't score uh, and he wasn't efficient. But, like, he's still really, really cheap. It reminds me of the Devin Singletary spot where you're all once in where he did poor but got all the touches the week prior, and then the seas parted and a soft the softest spot imaginable then popped up. And we just uh, somewhat ignored it, but people got there in tournaments. And that's kind of what this is, too, in my mind, because the Bengals' rush defense is how we get there for an every-touch running back, and they're still allowing the league's highest rate of explosive carries for 10-plus yard gains. The only defense allowing over 16% of the carries against them to gain 10 plus yards too. And so if Zach Moss, as you said, is going to handle 21 of 23 backfield touches, I, I feel like I don't have a choice but to go back. Maybe some of those carries within the five-yard line or in the 10-yard line even go our way this time. And I think everyone's going to get there in cash games. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But really, we think we get pushback because 
a lot of the questions we're asking in redraft DFS this year is like, how much are we losing these star players whenever the backup quarterbacks come in? Since the league is just now sprinkled with backup quarterbacks. But at least we're seeing that some guys like Jake Browning can still elevate you or keep you relevant in soft matchups. And that's exactly what this is for the Bengals because everything Jake Browning did against the Jaguars, there's nothing that can't be sustained in one more game against the Colts who have had a soft, who've had an easy schedule over the last month, but getting rid of the ball quickly screens. These are all things he can do in this game too. And if that's the case, then we know no matter how we get there, whether with Gardner Minshew or two Colts players, we can always run it back with Jamar Chase in this game. Because now, in the last two starts from Browning, Jamar Chase, 27.7% target share. He's still the wide receiver 13 in points per game in that time. We saw his blow-up matchup, blow-up game this past week as well. So just definitely have confidence with Jamar Chase in this slate. I don't think I need to get to Jake Browning here. I, I like some other cheap quarterbacks we'll talk about later. But Jamar Chase and then figuring out which pieces to run with him, including Zach Moss. Yes. And just watching the game, I think they what manufactured three, four, or five screens for Chase. Like he's got a bunch. They've of just- done that now two other times in his career too. Remember when he was a rookie and he was only spiking twenty yard touchdowns, and then defenses finally started bracketing him. Uh, Brian Callahan just moved him closer to the line of scrimmage and said, "Okay, we'll just shorten your a dot and we'll get you targets closer here. That way, you always get the ball." And then during the playoffs last year, a couple years ago maybe last year it was, whenever T. Higgins was injured, they also then just started jamming in the ball. Said, okay, we'll change your routes. We'll bring you closer again, and we'll get you 13 and a half targets per game. So they're very good. And like a lot of teams just saying, we know we need to get Jamar Chase the ball. He's the one who matters the most here. Ritz, jump in here. I want your take as far as Moss. Yeah, they pumped this price up a little bit, but not enough. 5-9 on DK, 6-8 on Fandle, assuming the same opportunity continues going forward. You know, uh, it's a... If somebody told you if you're considering fading Moss and like what he, his opportunities were last week, you would have felt uh, maybe starting second guess yourself. Um, but you survived it. Congratulations. But um, you know, I'm I'm going to go back. Uh, I know he's going to be popular again. And then yeah, talk about Chase. Uh, all the other pieces. We love Colts games. Colts are a lot of fun. They tend to score a fair bit of points. They yield uh, some points as well. So this is certainly one of the more popular games. One of the more um, you know uh, appealing games on this slate. By the way, uh, producer Rob's going to be coming in later. And remember, he gave us a task. You guys remember what the task was at the end of the show last week? Do not say the word interesting. And I'm just saying it in a sentence, but let's get to the entire podcast without describing anything as interesting. Yeah, if, I, if I were to use it in my soliloquy, I apologize. I don't know if you I'm did or you didn't, but it just sort of popped in my head. But now it's going to be something that I want to avoid. Uh, Rich, go ahead. Yeah, I think Daniel pretty much covered it. Everything about the Bengals defense, Moss's opportunity, you know. I mean, Dean, we learned the lesson. Always, again, we talked about it last week. I mean, if a guy is coming in to face the Titans, you just don't do it, right? Like, Jerome Ford got there in an accident because he caught the he caught that long touch. He had, like, a 20-yard touchdown catch in that game. But with Josh Kelly, uh, Jerome Ford, and now Zach Moss, the, the latest guys to get a chance to face the Titans on, on chalk week that didn't really hit, get there. Uh, so we, that's the lesson, you know, uh, second in the NFL in points allowed per game on running back touches. So when the guys coming in to face the Titans, just got, we got to leave it be. Uh, but yeah, the Bengals are totally different. 28th in yards per carry out the running backs last league and explosive runs allowed 24th in rushing points per game. Uh, and you know, and, and Zach Moss also is fourth in the NFL in explosive rushing point? yards on the season. So that, that opportunity is there for him. I, I want to talk about Michael Pittman just a little bit because I you know, talked about him last week as great kind of pivot and leverage mm-hmm. off of uh, 
Zach Moss last week. And he's, I talked about last week, he was basically like use, getting exact usage how Amon Ross St. Brown is getting used, but like no one talks about it. And it held true again. I mean, another 100 yard game for him. Uh, he's got eight or more catches in five straight games. He's got at least eight catches in nine of 12 games this season. And the Bengals also are very passive on the outside, too. Uh, they're like 9.1 yards per target to wide receivers. They're 31st in yards per catch. The only thing kind of saving them is they don't give up a lot of touchdowns to wide receivers because running backs are scoring them all in tight ends. Uh, but also Michael Pittman is just like locked in. Like, you know what you're getting out of him. And it, he's not getting like that Amon Ross St. Brown treatment, but like he's getting like the exact same usage. You like pairing him with Minshew? Not really. I mean, it's just because I don't, I don't like playing guys like Minshew, but I, I can see on this particular slate how people will get to Minshew uh, because it's another, when you're talking about like the meta construction of the slate, we don't have a lot of high ceiling quarterbacks again, like we had last week. I and mean, we were basically talking J Josh Allen, Justin Fields, Lamar Jackson, and then a pretty wide gap because Patrick Mahomes is no longer that this season. Um, I mean, not just quarterbacks either. We don't have Tyreek Hill, AJ Brown, the <laughs> uh, uh, Christian McCaffrey's the one running back, unless you know, someone wants to come along for the Austin Eckler ride with me. We'll get there. Uh, greater men have done that and have died in the end. So we'll see. But yeah, I'm out on Eckler. The video although, killed me. Although, although I like uh, some high priced ride receivers, we really just don't have those guys. CD Lamb, too, that really scares us at the top. Uh, I was just because I ran some optimals. You guys don't like to run my Wednesday night optimals, grain of salt, yada, yada. But like the number one quarterback hitting optimals on DK, I don't think it's terribly surprising, is Justin Fields. We kind of touched on him already. The second most popular hitting optimals, I added some variants, I added some juice to it. Uh, second and third is Jake Browning and Gardner Minshew. <laughs> These two guys, uh, you know, salary cap is a thing. We do live in the world of salary cap. Purdy and Lamar, by the way, are four and five for what it's worth. That's DK. Uh, you have the money for Lamar on FanDuel. A little bit different build over there. I mean, if you get this same run out of last week, it's a, like if, if you don't, if you choose not to pay up at quarterback, I mean, it's the, the opportunity is there. We saw it last week. I mean, Tua didn't play in the second half last week. Yeah. Obviously, you know, Hertz got there kind of, he was fine. And then like Purdy smashed. Those like the three guys we were kind of honed in on, but a lot of kind of pay down Jamokes were pretty good last week. So mm -hmm. like it opened the door to get uh, access to some of those really high price plays we wanted to get to. I mean, even, even, you know, we joked about Flacco, like Flacco at his salary was, was awesome. Yeah, you know, at four at four six, he was he was really awesome. You know, lived sixteen fantasy points where he was compared to what you got out of the rest of the slate. Like, that's where we are again this week. It's it's same thing. And like guys like Lamar hasn't like Lamar's gotten there once like the past five weeks. So like the opportunity is there. I could see myself tacking on the quarterback with some of the cash game pieces just to be unique around them. Uh, like Gardner Minshew, for example, like a uh, Baker Mayfield or Desmond Ritter. I could see myself doing that this week just to try to get there instead. Yeah, I'm just thinking like Minshew, Moss, and Pittman. And I don't know if I'm going to force a run back. Certainly you can get a run back on the Cincinnati side. Uh, we're getting Higgins pretty cheap. He was not very good last week in his first game back. He's also really thinking about his next contract. Like I, I, I think he had normal reps, right? I'm just a little bit hesitant on him, like getting fully pushed. If anything happens, and we've seen Higgins lose, uh, you know, Lee exit a lot of games over the years. He never seems to come back. Like if he gets something, he's like, oh, I'm good, I'm good. And like, he's waiting, he's waiting to get paid in the offseason. Maybe I'm just creating my own narrative there, Rich, but um, just a little hesitant on him. Chase, you know, uh, he had that one big play, of course. They're manufacturing plays for him. 
Browning is uh, limited but competent, it seems, at least in a one-game sample. And you're also getting a bit of a discount on Chase at 7-6. You know, if Burrow was there against the Colts, he's probably like 9K, right, I think. I feel like it's kind of built into the price there on Chase. Am I am I crazy as, a, as like a game stack, Rich? Are we are we okay with that? No, I, I'm okay with it. I mean, I mean, like I said, you're looking at like the context of building lineups in the slate. I think you can get to either of these quarterbacks in this game because if it pops and you get the, you know, you flirt with the 20 because the Bengals played on, on Monday night. So Browning is just kind of hanging out there in a salad. Yeah. So if he can, if he can get there, like, I mean, he's thrown for 9.6 yards or passing him, 8.7 yards or passing him. If they showed like, they're still going to be aggressive in terms of like pass volume. So the, the opportunity is there, I think for like one of these guys, whether it be, and we've seen Minshew rush for touchdowns too. So I, I think these would be the two guys in the, in the particular game environment, just because they're easy to stack. You've got cheap access to like a kind of a, a, a mini stack, no matter what, how you want to play it. Uh, either way so I mean this is kind of like the game that uh, kind of opens the door at one o'clock and if, if Browning sucks you you make all your late swaps it's funny you say that because those people that play the one o'clock only slates what is it I think it's seven and four is the split there's four late games uh like the best games so like all late and like if you play the one o'clock only man I, you're gonna be building some gross lineups you're all dealing with the same puzzle pieces but the one o'clock slate it, it's gonna be rough John for those of us that watch the the red zone uh rich World's smallest violin playing for us. Watch jumping from bad game. Did you see any game. Patriots Chargers on the on the, on the red zone? <laughs> I, oh, you! I, I saw it a couple times, but, but and it, I I didn't mind it because the Patriots wore the throwback, the throwback like three point stance, like white the all white jerseys with the you know the uh, the three point stance helmet, spectacular helmet. Um, the game was gross. Um, but I, again, do not advise watching that game on Thursday night once again. John, a final word as far as this game. And uh, we see in chat, I saw a question in chat asking about um, Brown. Do we consider Chase? He was good in a small sample. He was uh, super efficient, but I don't know if we're chasing that. I don't know. Are we that desperate for salary? Probably not. Ch- I didn't mean to do a pun there, but Chase Brown we're talking and about. It, yeah. It was It was still all Joe Mixon, both in the receiving game and inside the 10-yard line. That's how he would get there if we play one of these other like cheapy running backs. So. No, not interested. Not interested in Joe Mixon either. I, I'm not chasing two touchdowns from the 10 when it was the same thing that happened the last, you know, all season long, actually. He just happened to score touchdowns this time. That's kind of what he needs with this usage to get there, not to mention Chase Brown popping up to take carries away. So not interested in Mixon either. It's a pretty good First price, thing. but I guess this show is known for, like, no, we don't want to play Mixon. I don't care what the price is. Mixon and Josh Jacobs. So you'll never get yeah. us. You'll never get us. <laughs> although <laughs> although Jacob, Jacobs had the 60-yard touchdown run, and then the Chiefs proceeded to outscore the Raiders 31-3, to and it didn't matter anymore. <laughs> yeah. The optimizers are going to like Mixon. Uh, 6-1 on DK, 7-2 on Fandle. But- Mixon and right. ETN. They love Mixon and ETN. Never stop popping them out. We got anything else here? We're moving on. We're moving on, right? Yes, yeah, I think yeah. so. Seattle at San Fran. San Fran, big boy favorite here. Ten and a half point favorite versus Seattle. 46 and a half is the total. Uh, Rich, we're currently without running backs for Seattle. Uh, Charbonnet and Walker, neither practiced on a Wednesday. It seems more likely Walker's not going to play. Maybe we get Charbonnet. Maybe we get neither. I don't know if DJ Dallas is the kind of guy that's going to like run between tackles. Uh, I don't know who Kenny McIntosh is, but I'm told he's a person. And he would be running the ball for not Seattle, sure yet. Actually. We still don't know that. We we cannot confirm that Kenny McIntosh. He is. He, he he was a good pass catcher, but like man, you look Dean. If you want to see a player profiler, pull up Kenny yeah. McIntosh. It's like this dude. He ran like a four six five, 
at like okay. at running back. Like, yeah, it's he's a good pass catcher though, but man, he is not he's not the uh the most athletic. He was not carved out of the stones of Mount Olympus for sure. <laughs> Seventh round draft pick. Do you want to know his best comp? Oh man, it's, probably, it's gotta be like Keith Byers or something. Oh, Keith Byers is really good. Uh, but like he's like a, he's like kind of like that though. Like he's kind of like a like just like a pass catcher, like a big, a bigger body pass catcher. Uh Dare Agwanwale is his best yeah. comparable okay. according to the player profile. Does that work for you? It makes sense. Uh, strictly a pass catcher, bigger body. Yeah, that works. All right, there you go. Sometimes not, not a great field goal kicker, it. though, like Dari is. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> also, also, seen him kick. And DJ Dallas is also a very good pass catcher. So would Seattle just like pass the ball 45 times, 50 times? If that if that's I mean, who knows? It's Wednesday. Uh, but like I think we're even projecting Walker out right now. Is he officially out or just assuming mm-hmm. he's not gonna play? No, no, no. We we don't know either. We have no idea. Both up in the air. Okay. And Carol's always super optimistic and he's going to lie to you and whatever and chew his gum and then you'll find out an hour and a half before the game, I suppose. But yeah. Um, yeah, Rich, I was throwing it to you, Seattle. And I guess it's kind of up in the air. Uh, and I don't know why I'm not focusing on San Fran. San Fran's like the best team in football, but I jumped to Seattle first, I guess. But uh, feel free to knock out the Seahawks first. Yeah, I, I'm not playing any Seahawks, guys. Uh, I saw someone in this <laughs> chat easy. suggest that Seahawks are going to win this game. I mean, this oh. would be an hell of an upset. But Gino's 0-4 against the 49ers. And, like, he's just been under siege in these games. They've sacked him 14 times in these games. He's been under pressure on almost 50% of his dropbacks. He's, he's thrown three touchdowns and three interceptions in the four games. I mean, if you saw even the Thanksgiving game, it was just, just an extension of what we've seen every time these two teams play. Like, the, he just has no time to throw. Everything's in the quick game. Um, it's just rough, man. It's been a rough outing. It's weird how the NFC NFC West has, like, this oscillation of, like, the coaches that have success against each other, right? Like, like McVay is, like, awesome against, like, Seattle and Arizona. And then, like, but, like, Shanahan's good against you know McVay. It's like weird. It's like this weird dynamic how they kind of trade blows that's, with each other. That's why I wish we kept Cliff Kingsbury because he was always easy to break down too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but but like I I think the 49ers are still the most interesting side just because we know that they are just so hyper efficient and they have such thin volume. Uh, but but how do you kind of like diagnose like who's going to be the guy to kind of pop this week because no one's going to like stack touches. I mean, last week was literally the full Debo Samuel experience. I mean, the dude had four targets, he had three carries he had (laughs) one air yard and had 40 fantasy points. Like it's just, it's just incredible. And we always look for him in like these kind of spots, right? Like whenever Debo and the 49ers are facing like a ultra zone heavy opponent and Seattle's playing, uh, zone coverage on 83% of passing snaps, third in the NFL. He's been targeted on 24% of his routes, gets zone coverage, just 16% against man coverage. He gets like kind of all of these targets that don't really count as targets. So even when you face a team that's good against boundary receivers like Seattle is, it doesn't matter. And we saw evidence of that again on Thanksgiving. I mean, when these teams played, he caught seven of nine targets when Seattle was in zone coverage. It matched a season high in targets that he had in a game that Brandon Ayuk played. Uh, and if you look at his history in this matchup, particularly, it is a Debo Samuel type of matchup. So, I mean, it, it feels like a little bit like where you're like, oh, we're chasing points or chasing the box score from even when these teams play on Thanksgiving. But consistently, when teams have played this structure of defense, like Debo Samuel has been kind of the guy to focus on for the 49ers. The one air guard thing is it was kind of lost on me. Like, I know <laughs> that's that's a pretty wild stat. It's pretty that's pretty amazing for sure. I, I know he was crazy efficient, four for four. Um, 
How about that? Four for four uh, for 116 yards. John, is there anybody you can sell us on Seattle? No, you, you have to. You're contractually obligated. You got to pick three games for us to focus on. Uh, was this just wanted to talk about San Fran? Do you want to sell us on somebody against Seattle? Um, or it's just like San Fran onslaught? It's a little bit of a rest advantage here. That always piques my interest if I think something has changed and maybe it's a completely different game than the last one. But Rich pretty much highlighted it. We now have four contests within these these two teams, and it hasn't been pretty in that span the last two months or the last two years. I, if the slate requires value, I don't mind getting the Jackson Smith and Jigba. I have no idea what his ceiling is. Maybe it is just peppered with underneath targets and you shouldn't play him anyhow, or he's at least just a better play on DraftKings. But at least we saw like Geno Smith last week, they stressed getting the ball rid out of his hands more quicker just to avoid sacks and the offensive line that's still undergoing injuries and try to recover from them. And that's what happened. Like Geno Smith got rid of the ball at the fourth highest rate in the league last week uh, through week 12. He was 26th at 2.7 seconds. And then when he got rid of the ball at less than two and a half seconds last week, he went 16 to 26 for 8.9 yards per attempt and two touchdowns. So uh, the 49ers probably still squash him here, but I could be convinced if you need the salary, Jack Smith, the Jigba. Otherwise I think it's clearly DK Metcalf, although chasing 40 points from Metcalf in this game, still slightly concerning. Yeah. I mean, I think when you look at Seattle, so much of what happened in that game on Thursday was such an outlier from what we've seen for them this sure. season uh that it's hard for me to just say like all right well seattle scored all these points against dallas like they're back like we have this large and and when you look at it like geno smith completed fewer than 60 percent of his passes in that game obviously you have the huge play the dk metcalf like there wasn't a lot of consistency on a drive to drive basis they had a lot of big plays which they've kind of been lacking throughout the course of the season so are we going to chase that against this 49ers defense right because the cowboys are a heavy man defense like they will give up big plays like if you followed the cowboys under dan quinn they will give up like these games where they give up huge plays because they're an aggressive man-to-man defense. The 49ers are not like the 49ers are a team. They play a lot of quarters. They play the most cover four in the NFL. They are going to be a little more passive. And that's kind of what, you know, they don't give up a lot of these huge plays. So that's, I mean, it's hard for me to just chase and say like, well, Seattle, look at what Seattle did against Dallas. Like that's, that's mm-hmm. in the range of outcomes here. Like there's definitely talent here in the Seattle side that can succeed, but I mean, I, I think it's just kind of like this is one where like I'm not going to chase like what happened there. Completely fair. And we saw that the Cowboys with this amazing schedule for fantasy, bad news for them, but we saw they actually take on the analogy of Deron Bland where it turns out not a shutdown corner, but an opportunist like Marcus Peters, which is totally okay. But we saw like Trayvon big, Diggs. Yeah, they allow the big plays, but they also like will shut you down at some points and create turnovers. So that's okay. And since the 49ers came out of the bye, like this defense has, you know, they had the little hiccup, right? Like remember like the sky was falling for the 49ers for like, they had a two week sample where their quarterback had, you know, turnovers in the fourth quarter and they didn't play like the greatest defense. Like that's NFL variance, right? Like, but the whole sample, like the, I mean, they've been awesome since the bye, like absolutely just decimated teams because defense has been right back to where it was right, right before, like they had that two game hiccup stretch against the Vikings and Bengals. And that's when they also added Chase Young over there by at the trade deadline, came back out with a chance to integrate him. I, again, I, I still may tack along one of these players, but I even started this game breaking it down earlier today and was thinking maybe it is a good spot for Geno Smith. The more I looked into it and I thought, okay, I'm still obviously playing it from the 49ers side. Uh, I just, I'm not sure yet if I'm bringing one along. I could see myself if I get the Brock Purdy, but I also think Brock Purdy may be the cash game option again. We'll see if everyone wants to get cheaper. 
Yeah, I think from a ceiling perspective, the only dude you can kind of really entertain until we get cleared in the running backs is is Metcalf, right? Because mm-hmm. like if you even go back to the Thanksgiving game, they're going to use Charvarius Ward to shadow him, and you're going to get that same run out, right? Like that same opportunity, right? Because Metcalf had 34% of the team targets in the game. He had 60% of the air yards and 38% target rate when the 49ers did go to man coverage in that game. Uh, there was a couple of long balls. He stepped out about – he caught one and was he didn't get his second foot down. Uh, Charvarius Ward broke one up. So if you're going to tell me you get that same kind of – just the same target opportunity, I would take my chances on Metcalf cashing that in versus like, you know, trying to chase like a Tyler Lockett or trying to chase a JSN because those guys haven't shown a, a high ceiling this year. All right. Anything else as far as this game, John, or shall we move on? Buffalo and KC is the uh, the main course, I guess, of this three-game uh, set we're going to talk about. You could honestly pick any two of the three between Debo, Ayuk, Kittle. If you want to bring Christian McCaffrey along with Brock Purdy, we've seen two winning slates now where that can be the case. I think even on the limited touches, we've seen the last two weeks now against Seattle and Dallas – that the issue is George Kittle has is no longer irrelevant in this target tree. Like he's now popping up, and he's the one taking away target share from from Brandon Ayuk. And it's Debo Samuel the last two games who's led the team in target share. Uh, Kittle's at nineteen percent, and then Ayuk is all the way down at fourteen percent. So all are viable. I'm probably just ch- following the ownership honestly, and I'm choosing the two lowest ones because all can get there. Seattle, San Fran, one of the top four o'clock games, probably the best four o'clock game. Buffalo at KC, 48 and a half is the total. Biggest total on the board for the main slate. Buffalo, a desperate team. Uh, I believe they're six and six, if I'm not mistaken. They kind of need to win out uh, to make the playoffs, get a playoff run. Uh, and Vegas kind of respecting that. Uh, one and a half point dog here in Kansas City. Tough place to play. John, start where you want to start. This is uh, the two best quarterbacks, right? Josh Allen. Patrick Mahomes, at least from a talent perspective, I guess we can say. Uh, yeah. Well, what are we going to do as far as Buffalo, KC? What team appeals to you more? And I think Vegas has looked at the last two matchups between these two teams and said, we know how this game's going to go. But <laughs> that's not who these two teams are this year. And I'm actually somewhat worried about Kansas City punching back in this game. Uh, I've tried to sell their offense, just figuring it out for all season long, and maybe they still get lucky with the Trevor Lawrence injury and take down the number one seed in the AFC, get the bye figured out for the playoffs, but this is not the same offense we're scared of at all. More importantly, the way I'd want to play it is through the Josh Allen side because despite firing Ken Dorsey, or uh, yeah, Ken Dorsey, that wasn't the issue whatsoever. They're still right now in the league top five in yards per drive, points per drive, uh, and this Chiefs defense, with all due respect to their families because of their injuries, they're throwing out guys at linebacker and edge that shouldn't even be in the NFL. Like these guys just can't cover. And that's why the issue is that while the chiefs offense has been figuring it out, the chiefs defense is really what's getting rolled on. And the last month of the season. Now they are 18th and explosive runs loud 22nd and explosive passes loud 23rd in yards per attempt allowed. You can check honestly kind of just do whatever you want. And so the way I want to play this is through Josh Allen double stacks and maybe not even run it back, to be honest, because it seems like a situation, at least from my view, where the Bills just kind of run this one over. You're betting the Bills outright? That's what it sounds like to me. You're getting the point and a half. I am betting the Bills outright, yeah. I'm I'm like the 49ers. I'm confident in the Bills points. Or I'm sorry, like the Eagles 49ers last week. I'm confident in the Bills side. I'm just still curious, which is why I'm, I'm so interested to get Rich's take 
because I want to know how the Chiefs are going to get here. All right, Rich. Selma, Kansas City, a little pushback. Uh, Rice looks like the most interesting play at this point. You know, he's clearly emerged among whatever uh, whatever nonsense is on the you know, the receiving core there for Kansas City. MVS, uh, you know, narrative streets, revenge game did not work out for him. Sky Moore, I guess that's not happening. Tony Watson, James, obviously Kelsey got to pay for him. But uh, Rich, feel free to talk about Buffalo as well, obviously. But uh, do you think Kansas City pushes back or even wins the game outright? I mean, it's listen, Mahomes is a short favorite, has always been historically great, sure. great profit to take. So, uh, but I mean, this is this is it for the Bills. The Bills lose this game. I think it's pretty much over for them. Obviously, if the Chiefs lose this game, they still probably win the NFC West. They're still competing uh, for things, but this is kind of it for the Bills. Like, this is kind of a must win game for Buffalo. So, it'll be interesting to see how they come out. The Chiefs just offensively just haven't really been like they've just been off and they've done this in previous years where they've gone through funks, but I mean, this year definitely is the worst of the Mahomes offenses. And it's not really necessarily just Mahomes' fault. I mean, he's still playing relatively well on a per-play basis. But they are 31st now in the NFL in points scored below their implied team total. They've scored 50.25 points below their implied total this season. That's 31st in the NFL. Only the Patriots are worse. They've only hit their implied team total in three games this year uh, against the Bears, the Chargers, and the Raiders. Only three games they've hit their implied team total. They've scored fewer than 20 points uh, five times this season. Uh, from 2019 to 2022 with Patrick Mahomes as their starter, they did it six times total. So like, this is definitely not like the throwback version of the chiefs. And some of that is their defense is so good that they haven't had to uh, completely stay on the gas in the fourth quarter of these games. So it's opposed to some previous iterations of the chiefs that had weaker defenses, but this offense definitely, even if you saw that game on Sunday night, like, they're just not converting. I mean, they're 31st in the NFL, and they're just not getting explosive plays. They're 31st in the NFL in length of touchdown. Their average length of touchdown is only 9.6 yards. Uh, you know, only the Falcons are worse than them. Wow. So, I mean, they're just not creating a lot of explosives, and we're not getting there. Um, and it's just really kind of hard. Like, it's, it's these two guys that you can kind of focus into, I think, from like a bring back side are Rasheed Rice, because we've seen he's had 30% target share the past two games. He's not running as many routes as we'd like, but he's getting closer. Like the last two weeks, he still set a new season high. He's ju- he was just under 70% route participation last week. So at least he's getting there uh, on the field. And then you've got Travis Kelsey, who's always expensive. But Travis Kelsey has murked the Bills in this matchup, man. I mean, like every, Just continuously. Like you look at Kelsey's game log like against the, the, these games when he's had Patrick Mahomes. Five for 65 and two touchdowns. 13 for 118 two touchdowns. Six for 57 and a touchdown. Eight for 96 and a touchdown. Eight for 108. Double-digit targets in all these games but one. So, like, you do have still, like, a couple Chiefs you can bring it back with. But Patrick Mahomes, like, no longer as a guy. Like, you have to, like, jam in. Like, where where is the yeah. ceiling for him? He has two top six right. scoring weeks this entire season. Uh, like, you know, it, it, he's, he's the fourth time he's had four of his past five games. He's been the QB 12 or lower in the week. Like he's not having like those, like, you're not scared. He's not a boogeyman anymore. You don't have to jam him in. And he's not even inherently like leverage anymore. By the way, I think you made the case for, uh, MVP Tyree kill and all that conversation as well, too. I don't know. Uh, that's not what you're doing necessarily, but I, I, that's what I was hearing. You know, the, the lack of Hill on, on this offense, that's not the only thing, of course. But uh, significant. And what what happened with the Chiefs' defense is the turnovers, right? Like they're not getting turnovers. Earlier in the season, they were getting a a, a bunch of turnovers. They have a takeaway on five point nine percent of opponent possessions their past five games. That's thirtieth in the NFL. Prior to that, they were eighth in the NFL in takeaways 
per drive. And that's just big swing, right? Like we've seen the Denver Broncos, right, get on this heater because they've gotten all these takeaways. But like their defense on a per play basis is still giving up a lot of yardage. Uh, so if you can get takeaways, like that's that's a big deal. And like the Chiefs are no longer getting these takeaways and teams have started to have a lot more often success against them recently. And John, you were talking about Buffalo doubles. Oh, go ahead. No, I would say I reference the injuries because now they're not getting pressure out of their buy either. Uh, I think Nick Bolton, Drew Tranquil, all these guys are actually pretty important to the scheme. And they just got, man, they got no one out there right now. They're just so banged up. But I mean, the Chiefs, like, watch, watch the Chiefs turn it on, though, man. Like, I'm not, like, I'm not, I want to say this is like a I, fade the Chiefs. I just think we kind of know Rasheed Rice and Kelsey are the guys. Uh, you know, I don't think this is a Pacheco spot. Like, obviously, Pacheco, if you've just kind of followed the schedule, like he's very schedule induced and touchdown induced. So if you believe he can get in the box here, then you can play him. But I mean, the Bills have been a really good run defense, uh, you know, basically since week seven. And, you know, they added Linval Joseph, you know, about a month ago. But really, it was just not giving up the explosive. Like the Bills have been a consistent good run defense all year. But like what it was killing them is that they would just give like these huge runs and that they haven't been giving up the explosive runs now uh, over the past, you know, several weeks. And that's kind of evened out, you know, the kind of their performance, but they've been really good against the run. Uh, so it should be like the chiefs have to drop back and throw in this game. I think you sold me on Josh Allen, cheap doubles and Travis Kelsey. Cause I don't think you can get to Allen Diggs, and Kelsey and still make a relevant lineup in this slate. Maybe you can. So Congrats to you if y'all want to go tinker around and figure it out. But I am interested in like some unique Allen doubles. Like we have Gabe Davis and everyone knows like the four touchdown game over, over 200 yards, of course. But Gabe Davis, like these are the kind of spots he pops up in. Uh, the Eagles were the most recent example of, okay, we think their offense just move the ball with ease. Thus Gabe Davis gets there. But in terms of construction and fitting him in, okay, now we can say Gabe Davis. And I think I'm interested in James Cook quite a yep. bit with Josh Allen, too. It's not just the fact you can attack the Chiefs on the ground, but under Joe Brady the last two games, the biggest change for the Bills were using their running backs underneath. Their running backs have 19 targets the last two games under Joe Brady, which is the fourth highest rate in the league. And now we're talking about James Cook in this must-win spot out of a bye, more time to integrate the scheme. Uh, I think Josh Allen, James Cook, Gabe Davis is like my favorite Allen double stack. Not to mention, we... I'm not going to say we're going to lose him. There's always a possibility. But since Dawson Knox is available, we don't know who's going to be on and off the field between Knox, Kincaid, and Khalil Shakur since the Bills only were running 90% of their plays from three wide sets because Dawson Knox got injured. Before that, they were 26th in the league. They were leaning on two tight end sets the entire time. We don't know what they're going to do out of the bye. It's interesting you mentioned the, you're talking about the doubles without Diggs, and I was looking at Diggs. He just seems like kind of like the Mahomes. Mahomes is, is kind of sort of priced off his reputation, priced off last mm -hmm. year still. Um, Diggs is like good, but is he should he be eight eight? Probably not. You know, you, you look like not to be the game log guy, but like when was the last time like you were like, oh man, I'm so happy I rostered Diggs week four. He put up 39 DK points. And yeah, he started the year percentage. on fire. I think he went over 100 yards, I think, like five of his first six games. And then that's kind of evened out. I think he's done like one of the past six. He's been over 100 yards. 
Yeah. Uh, also, just... like when you look at who the Chiefs have been getting beat by, it's typically the secondary wide receiver. I mean, the you look at wide receiver ones to face the Chiefs. Devontae Adams has the most yards against them, 73. That's the most yards they've allowed to a wide receiver one this season. Mm. Amon Ross St. Brown at 71, AJ Brown at eight, Keenan Allen 55. Tyree Kill 62. They had Legereus Sneed shadow Romeo Dubs instead of Christian Watson on Sunday night, which was a move. Uh, but <laughs> when you look at these secondary guys, though, against these Chiefs, and I guess Devontae Smith doesn't count. He's more of a 1A, but he had six for 99. Josh Palmer, five for 133. Jacoby Myers, last time we saw the Raiders play, had six for 79 and a touchdown. Jordan Addison, when Justin Jefferson was on the field, had six for 64 and a touchdown. Josh Reynolds had 80 yards. Alan Lazard had 61 yards and a touchdown. So I do think there is an avenue here where we could get the Gabe Davis, man. How certain are we that Knox is playing? Is he still kind of up in the air? I think uh, he, I think McDermott said he was for sure going to play, but I don't know. Someone would have to check yeah. on that. And, and the timeline makes sense because his four-week mark was before the bye, so that he got they, the extra yeah. two weeks. So I would That's when I remember play. is when they asked McDermott before the bye if he was going to play against the Eagles, he said they wanted to give him one more week because it was like getting an extra week. It was like getting two weeks. And I would love to have more confidence because their most potent offense has been with Knox off the field and just run. Yes. Well, I shouldn't say that. It, with three wide sets, that's been their best offense. That makes the most sense the way Josh Allen plays football too. But, I mean, to have confidence in anything McDermott does, I don't know, man. I can't get there. I was just starting to think of Knox as a potential 3K cheapie. I like Kincaid, but I don't. how much does he get hurt by sure. Knox that's coming funny. back? So, yeah. Um, little 3K lottery ticket? It's a. It's not really a good spin down tight end week, so I'm listening. Yeah, we'll talk about tight end in a second. Uh, you guys are the optimizer tight end. It's not – well, it's somebody that's been good of late, uh, at least getting a lot, a ton of targets of late. Uh, we'll figure that out when we get there. But uh, I guess we're getting there now, right, as far as our pair of plays, position by position. We're going to run it back. You know, the games we're not yet uh, discussing. You know, the the remaining eight. Uh, I do have something uh, – do you, do you want to know? So 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 the, the Braden uh, Illuminati call of the week this week? Oh, I love anyways. it. Go for it. So uh, his his – his theory is Kate Otten this week. And do you want to know why? Are you ready? Are you ready for the breakdown? It's not uh, a bad play see. to be fair, but are why? you ready for the breakdown? Yeah. So Kate um, Otten to start the year went three games and didn't score. Then he caught one touchdown. Then he went three games and didn't score and caught two touchdowns. Hell yeah. And now he's got, so he said it's going to be a three touchdown Kate Otten week by the way the symmetry works out. Hell yeah. Um, I mean, the, the worst part about it is that it's going to work out. <laughs> And he's going to point. He's going to point to the scoreboard and say, told you. Uh, but yeah, I, I, you know what? There are there are worse ways probably as far as figuring out what to your punt tight end is going to be on a given week. He's in, he's in a dome. There's there's no weather. How about that? Uh, there's a, one, uh, you know, angle you can work with as far as Kate Otten. I didn't work that into the worksheet this week, but uh, yeah. <laughs> didn't want to, did not want to submit that. Uh, all right. Quarterbacks that are left standing, Rich. What do you got for me? Yeah, I mean, really, Justin Fields is the only guy that I've got kind of on the outsider that we haven't talked about uh, outside of Purdy, Josh Allen. Uh, four straight Lions games have now gone over the game game total. Uh, Daigle's kind of hinted upon this defense. They're on two and a half points per drive over their past six games, 31st in the NFL over that span. They have a lot of opponents to score on 42% of their drives. That's 30th in the NFL. They have allowed... Uh, over their past six games, that same window, they've allowed quarterbacks to complete 66% of their passes. That's 24th in the league, 8.8 yards per pass attempt. That's 31st league, 12 passing touchdowns. They've allowed a QB one scoring week in four of those six games, including the fields himself. 
a couple weeks ago, and we kind of hit upon earlier on uh, the rushing prop that Dean wants the you to you to take that Justin Fields has rushed for 100 yards and three straight games against the uh, Detroit Lions. I'm gonna bet it right now. Actually, let me see before before you you move outline it, you coward. Take I'll, I'll, I'll line it. it. Take, up take to 100. 100 yards. Yeah. Uh, what I, is I'll 100? What what is the what is the 100? I'll let you know. I, I only have one book here in Florida. It's a oh, yeah. It's probably not on uh, DK FanDuel yet. Um, I think they, well, I don't think the alt lines are up, but yeah, like it's, you know, the, the regular number is like 16 and a half. Let me see if I can find it here uh, on the hard rock as I throw it to John as far as some potential quarterbacks. Anybody left that we want to talk about that you're interested in playing? I could do either Desmond Ritter or Baker Mayfield. I think both are in good matchups depending on which pieces you want to stack more because with Baker, it's easy, quite easy to get the Mike Evans who we'll also talk about. You can also keep Rashad white going. If you'd like to, no one's coming for his job and then just tack on Baker for Desmond Ritter. We saw him come back, but also the last time he played the bucks, he still averaged over 10 yards per attempt. Ultimately didn't get there through the get through the passing game, but we're now seeing Kyle Pitts, uh drake london used slightly more it's a good matchup as well indoors for a week littered with weather so i could say i'm really confident in josh allen beyond that the four spin down quarterbacks are as we talked about gardner Minshew, uh brock purdy drake london or baker mayfield and desmond ritter and i'm just trying to figure out where i want to go if i spin down that's kind of it for my pool, honestly. Oh, Pur- Purdy on FanDuel is no longer the pay down. He's more than Justin Fields. Like they have. Like oh, wow. Talked, okay. Uh, we've talked about all season. Like FanDuel is way more aggressive this season than DraftKings. They are reactionary. They're, they're certainly quick to adjust. Well, what's the number you'd be willing to pay? Uh, what, what do you want for, for Fields at the 100 yards, 100 yard rushing? What's the number that like you're not like a total donkey if you're, if you're betting the alt line? What do you want? I mean, it's going to be amazing, right? Like if his, if his line is 60. If it's over under on whatever book you're on is 60 and a half, then, uh, you know, 40 plus yards has got to be like, you know, plus, plus four, four, four something. I was going to say, I was going to say plus 430. I was hoping for four to one. It's plus 375. Is Almost. Oh, yeah. Is the number. Okay. Yeah. Um, minus 115 over 16, 60 and a half. We're going to live bet that and we'll be uh, posting this on Twitter when it doesn't win. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> it's going to catch. It's going to catch this week for sure. Uh, anything else that's uh, as far as quarterbacks? I believe that is it. Let's We're knock out. It. Yeah. Uh, running backs. I will let uh, John start off with running backs this week. I understand. We've tried the Austin Eckler thing in the past. And it didn't <laughs> go well. And to be quite honest with you, it probably won't go well again. But in their last four games out of their bye, like the Broncos have still been seeding a ton of yardage two opposing running backs. Uh, James Cook and Latavius Murray averaged eight yards per carry. Ty Chandler and Alexander Madison collectively averaged six yards per carry. And then Jerome Ford himself got there on the ground, 7.2 yards per carry. So although the Texans didn't get there last week, like Damian Pierce eventually grinded to a touchdown, they had 23 carries overall. Uh, If if we think Austin Eckler is going to continue getting the same share of touches, uh, and the Chargers are, I don't know how, but the Chargers are favorites by at least a field goal at home, then I think it's a good spot for Austin Eckler. No one, I can't convince anyone to play him. I get it. I'm struggling to convince myself to play him. But no, but again, he's going to be 5% Austin Eckler and his salary is going down on both sides. So I think that's one of my favorite spend-up options. Yeah, the other thing going out uh, going down is the miles per hour as far as the running. Uh, Brad in chat is saying uh, 13 miles per hour, hashtag 
Dago yeah. ruins Christmas. I don't. Is I that, agree. Is that a bit there? <laughs> it's, a, it's a bad play. It's a terrible play. Like Rich, Rich tried it a couple weeks ago. It did not go well. It's a terrible. That play. was the game. That was the that was the Packers game. Well, and it's it expensive. Might be the game again. I'll play a bad like cheap play. I don't want to play a bad expensive play. It's just kind of and of course like the argument you're making more than anything is the ownership angle, which he's sure. been. Yeah, yeah. I mean he's he's been over 8K all year on DraftKings. He's now under 8K. The price is getting cheaper. Is it cheap enough? That's the really question we're asking. Yeah. But he does have three top five scoring weeks. It's like it's not like he has been like completely dust for fantasy. It's just these last three weeks have been so bad. Uh, the bummer is he's just not catching the football, right? Like that's yeah. the thing. He's he's averaging three point four catches per game. It's his fewest uh in a in, in over his career since 2018 that's like the big thing it's because we've alan austin eckler if you look at like his explosive run right everything like it's all in line with where it was last year like he hasn't he wasn't a good runner last year but he was just catching a shitload of passes and he's scoring touchdowns and like he hasn't scored touchdown for three games in a row so it's kind of exposed some of that the entire offense though like it's keenan allen and then like quentin johnston is looking like a mass i know they're, super early they're whatever. so broken they're so yeah. good. They're, getting, they're getting Josh Palmer back. Can you believe it? Like, a, like we're we're actually excited. Like Josh Palmer's coming back. Yeah. Is he coming back this week? He they opened they like he started practicing. So like supposedly if he was gonna get through practice with nothing, no like kind of recoil, like he was gonna be up. He's gonna be up this week, but we'll see. Follow up the rest of the week. What's the, the head coach is done though, right? For first first Monday when the season's over. Uh, like, Brandon, so yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, it's just. I think there's more to it than Brandon Staley. I mean, I'm. I just think fire the coaches in the NFL, like the way the NFL operates, sure. the whole fire the. Co- it's just so lazy to me, and like the NBA, I guess, is worse with it. But like, and this whole thing, like Dangle talked about, like earlier with the Bills, like we've seen so, like, like, and we saw like Vrabel fire the special teams coach this week. Like this stuff is all just like we're like we have to have a coach's head for some some goofy thing that went wrong in a game like it's just it's it's tired i mean get whatever this is like, whatever let's move on let's talk about like actual let's talk more running backs uh how about about, Kamara? you don't want to talk about why frank reich was fired <laughs> i don't I mean, it's all like the whole fire the coach thing and maybe because like where i live and i'm not even a browns fan but like you know i worked in a warehouse before this and like we always had sports radio on and literally for the like 20 years of my life working in a warehouse like it was literally just a Jamoke after Jamoke calling the show of like fire this head coach, fire this head coach, fire this head coach. And it's like, dude, like <laughs> this, like this isn't the problem. Like, and it's the next guy, right? Like they want to fire Stefanski now because every Browns player's gotten hurt, right? And like Kevin Stefanski's not winning games with Joe fucking Flacco. Like it's yeah. just the same stuff, man. Like it's NFL fans are it's it's a weird thing that like we still live in this like repeated cycle of like how the sport is analyzed, how it's talked about. Um, let's talk about running backs though. Hey, am I right um, to say that Cleveland still has kind of a thriving sports talk radio market? I always see that them popping up. They do, yeah. Yeah, because I, I mean, feel like what, a lot of pockets are still good, up but, on it. Yeah. Yeah, like I know New York is like this Philadelphia, New York, and like Cleveland are like I feel like they're like sports talk radio cities. Chicago I mean, too. Chicago. So, that's another that's another Bear, one, yeah. Bears, Bulls, Cubs, of course. Yeah. But I mean, I loved it as a kid. I haven't listened to it in a long time, but uh, I, I'm not gonna lie, if you understand the bit, I still kind of love it. I, I I really dig sports radio talk, but I I don't actually listen anymore. I just hear it, and hearing it is fun. Rich, did you just like listen in the warehouse? Or are you like debating with people, or you just kind of like take a step? I'm sure you've heard some terrible takes in the warehouse. I would and on and on oh, the radio yeah, yeah, while you're yeah, listening yeah. to it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Man, always. Did you partake it's, or just kind of like to say, ah, what's the point? It's tough, man. That's why, Dean, I started the bit where people ask what I do. It's predictive analysis. Because if you say what I do, they want to talk to me about football. And the first thing they say is some just like token, like top down stuff that they heard, like, you know, <laughs> on ESPN. Uh, producer uh, TJ, we have producer TJ with us today in the chat saying, I used to listen to a lot of sports radio about the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Oh, my God. The offense, the, the, the Rough Riders, they got to get, get rid of everybody. And if I'm not mistaken, I feel like maybe TJ can let us know in the chat. The CFL, did they once upon a time have like 10 teams and two of them were named the Rough Riders? I think that was a thing. Like they, they couldn't come up with anything else. There was two teams named the Rough Riders. I could be making that up, but I think that's true. They um, they definitely right. had uh, DFS on DraftKings because I remember playing for a few weeks and I was like, what am I doing? I, gotta get, I think that was around the pandemic time. I was like, I got to get a grip on my life here. Shout out to Toronto Argonauts and Ricky Williams back in the day. I remember that was yeah. a thing, but the – you got to be old enough to remember that, I suppose. Doug Flutie. And, there you go. and Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel was also playing in CFL for a little bit. For how long? I, I feel uh, like that didn't happen very long. That's my little, that's my one action figure I mm -hmm. have too, is the great Johnny Manziel. <laughs> you want to talk <laughs> running backs, uh, Rich? Go for it. Yeah, running backs. I know. Man. I like it. It's, it's just talk about the see who we play in CFL this week. CFL like DFS is a big thing, too. Uh, I know people is play. It still a D is it still a big thing? I don't know, but I thought people still played it, right? It seems fun. It's a huge field. Like, there's is there a only three downs? The, the end zone is bigger, right? What, what else am I missing? I, I also you did motion pick up during the because you know the pandemic, there was just so little to do, and I felt terrible because like us in football were some of the few people to keep our jobs. And it's like, I'm not saving lives. Why are other people getting fired? And I'm talking about football the busiest time of my life. Uh, so I also the NFL should make the end zone bigger this year, yeah. Uh, that's that's very true. I also played League of Legends DFS. That's the moral of the story. And so now I understand about the Dragon Den or whatever the hell it's called whenever the dragons are supposed to get in the middle of the, the field. Uh, hit the lock button on Faker. That's all I can tell you about LOL. There you go. Nothing, yeah. Is he still is he still a thing? Faker, is he still really good at the LOL? I have I can, no that's idea, all I got. man. I can't remember. Yeah, I mean, the problem with all the ancillary football leagues is, like, you see it in the NFL, like, there aren't 32 good people on the planet that can play quarterback, and that's what always hurts these other leagues. Like, when Daigle Insane. came to my house and tried to – who did you try to get me to watch Daigle that day? Uh, <laughs> I forget. And like, I, but I'm like, dude, like, these quarterbacks, like, it's – football with bad quarterback play is unwatchable, and, like, that's what's happened this year with the NFL, and that's what all these other leagues have because the NFL USFL. can't even get – Half the half the league can't get good quarterbacks. But well, it was uh, I, I tried to get you to watch the same guy who bounces around to every AAA league, Luis Perez. Oh God, yeah, this guy. We've we've seen Luis Perez play like in April every single year. Scoring is down in the NFL. One rule change. I, I have several. Uh, I, I could propose them at some point, but uh, one, one more proposal. This is an easy one. Let's just do the college thing with one leg. Is you know we, why do we need two feet in? Well, one foot. That's good. There you go. More, more fun touchdowns. Dude, Who's legal man downfield. Like whoever, whoever like pulled the memo up at like the meetings this year and like told all the refs like we've got to really emphasize a legal of <laughs> all the fucking things to, 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 to like the hammer home this year. A legal man downfield is like the thing we're worried about NFL. Like this is where we're gonna like say like we've got to crack down on illegal man. Like I feel like there's been so many touchdowns negated by an illegal man downfield this year on a play that like the guy had nothing to do with the play whatsoever. It's like an off, offensive lineman wanders an extra yard. Like who cares? It did not affect the play in any any possible way. But uh, we got to right. we got we got to have the pandemic happen again. We got to get back to real football. Like when <laughs> when the the league. Knew, like, we're not calling holding. 
Yeah, can, we got to get a virus the road, uh, back in the world again. Like th- that was the best football ever. Can I put the show off the rails for one second? And this is a serious. We're there, dude. It's already there. Not, yeah, it's already not here. I, I propose this, and people think I'm crazy. They think it's ridiculous. They think it's an absurd uh, idea. But follow me. Tell me what you think. A field goal. Field goal is worth three points. That's fine, right? You get three points for a field goal. I want to have field goals that hit the goalpost, that hit the upright, worth four points. Four points. How much fun is that? Aiming for the uprights? You're down four. It's like fourth and seven in the ten yard line. Do we go for it? Do we go for it? Or maybe how precise is our kicker? Can he hit the can he hit the goalpost? And and if it hits the goalpost and goes in, five points. That's but, a five point field goal. Who's what do you have to, How much fun is that? Do you have to declare before your kick attempt that you're aiming for the goalpost because you shouldn't get what the four points pool? if you accidentally do it. Um, oh, I don't, I don't, I haven't, I haven't, it's, we're still in right. beta. Dean, you haven't thought through this idea. all the way. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it'd be so much fun. Like, and like, we've seen doinks all the time and it's like, oh my God, he got a point border. How much fun would it be to, these still goals are just boring as is like, it's, and it's stupid that like 98% of the players can't do it. Why is that deciding the game? Like 98% of the players in the field that play football professionally have no ability to do this. Like That's... you might as well bake a cake with you as an extra point. That's my favorite bit. Whatever, like when a kicker gets hurt and the entire organization freaks out on the sideline, it's like, why can't you just put your punter in? Like, why can't a punter? uh, Trust me, I don't understand. I don't understand the the basics, the talent it takes to kick. But why can't a punter be a kicker? I do not understand why everyone freaks out after that. So did I? Are you guys interested? Do you remember when kicking was hard? Like when we were growing up, like if a dude kicked a fifty-yard field goal, it was like a like we're we're, like it was just like man, Morton Anderson's such a weapon. Like they they've got a dude that can kick fifty-yard field goals, and now just like we're just seeing sixty-yarders like every weekend. Yep. It. I didn't plan this, but like I did a deep dive in the Mark Mosley's MVP season in the nineteen eighty-two season. It was a strike-shortened season, nine games. Uh, He made twenty of twenty-one field goals, and at the time it was a record. He had twenty consecutive field goals. He missed three extra points as long as field goal was 48 yards. He was the MVP of the league. It's insane. This is they lost, yeah, they lost their minds in 1982. Put it in the board. This is my era adjusted argument that I usually have too many beers and take it too far and start saying Ladanian Thomason was not like wouldn't play 10 years. Oh, yeah. Your take that Marshall Falk wouldn't be good at football today. Uh that's probably (laughs) still correct. Either way, though, I take it too far. But, like, dude, when you get back to the 70s and 80s, like, the numbers those guys put up and, like, their performances, it clearly, it clearly wasn't even good. Clearly wasn't good. Uh, Era running backs. Also, the Cowboys are definitely losing in the playoffs when this dude misses his first field goal, right? Like, the Gary, the Gary Anderson oh. here. Like, there's just, like, no way this story doesn't end this way, right? Like, because in well, Cowboys fashion. Like, like the Dolphins – we still haven't seen the Cowboys beat anybody. Like, trust me, I, I'm. It's it's great they're beating down their opponents. That's something NFL teams have to do. Like the Eagles, look at their schedule. Blamed. And yes, and the Eagles look at their schedule the last five weeks, and all they do is show up and take care of business. Minus the 49ers game because their defense was on the field so long they couldn't even keep up. They were just so tired by the second quarter. But like the Cowboys, congratulations, you're beating all the dumb opponents. Actually, beat somebody since the last time we saw you play the Niners and the Eagles. Nothing happened. You just didn't do anything. John, uh, I'm building a parlay. I got Buffalo and Philadelphia. That, that's what I'm hearing. That, that's what it sounds like you're doing this week. Uh, no? I, no, the Cowboys-Eagles game I'm confused about. I don't know about that one. Oh, 
Oh, I thought I, I thought for sure you were saying that Philadelphia is going to beat Dallas. So I think, I I think so. Probably that. Eagles money line, but I like the overs. My bet because I don't know how anyone stopped anyone. I have no idea why don't they, they don't just run back zero punts again. Um. Oh, we got to get back to give our fair plays as far as running back. John, you knock some yeah, out. Yeah, we're still uh, on running backs. Who do we leave off the board, Rich? Uh, Alvin Kamara. Uh, just play. You know, obviously the Panthers are a team we just circle every week, right? They're uh 29th in points allowed per drive on the road. They've trailed for 90 percent of their second half snaps. He's averaging a career high, just under seven catches per game. Uh, for Alvin Kamara. So like running backs would just keep getting there against the Panthers. They woke up the dormant Tony Pollard a couple weeks ago. Derrick Henry, uh, you know, came out of his slumber against the Panthers. I know a lot of people say it's just Dehember again, but uh, we'll see if, you know, the Dolphins are up 30, if Dehember is happening or not, you know, on <laughs> Monday night. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Panther, the Panthers literally are a team we've just looked at. I mean, running backs have scored 42% of the points, fantasy points they've allowed this season. It's the highest rate in the league. They've allowed 20 touchdowns to running backs. That includes two to Tony Jones when these teams played back. And remember, remember Tony Jones played for the Saints at one point this year? I that did. Happened, that happened this they, season. Uh, they cut him the week they gave him 13 carries. They were like, all right, we saw you get the carries. No more. Yeah. And, and, and then, while we're here. Oh, I was just going to ask Rich, uh, I didn't mean to cut you off, I'm sorry, but uh, no, go ahead. Winston being quarterback for New Orleans, we all wanted Winston to be a thing. Uh, he's likely to be the quarterback this week, right? It seems uh, it's kind of trending that way. Uh, we didn't mention him in a dome. Uh, and I'm also curious, the second part of that question is, how much does Taysom Hill uh, possibly murk uh, Kamara? Now, it didn't, didn't hurt him last week, obviously, but he was, he was there, he was around, but I guess you're, you're not really concerned with Taysom. Uh, no, so I, I think that Jameis is a pretty, he, he's tough to like really be excited about for a couple of reasons. Like one is the saints probably don't need Jameis, right? Like they probably can pull the reins off of Jameis. They can either do that through game script, or they could do that through like Taysom Hill and the run game because of the things I just laid out about the Panthers. Also the Panthers low key, even on a per play basis, pretty decent pass defense. Everything else, very bad for the Panthers. They even held Dak Prescott on this heater that Dak Prescott's been on. Dak Prescott went through five yards for pass attempt against the Panthers. Uh, so I think we see, like, Jameis probably in a situation where, like, he doesn't have to be the hair on fire Jameis. And whether that's through game scripting reined in or them using Taysom in, like, this heavy run approach uh, like they did when these teams played. Because I want, I think when these teams played in week two, yeah, Taysom rushed nine times in that game. Kamara, remember, is still suspended at this time. But Taysom rushed nine times in that game. I think it's to be a heavy run script. And also, if Jameis just throws, like, a dumbass interception or something, like, Who's to rule out like Taysom could like really play a lot of snaps like under center? I guess there's a chance Carr can still play. TJ saying in chat that Carr is a uh, limited for practice. Yeah, this dude's got alligator week. blood. Like we can't like Derek Carr. Like this dude, like he could be like <laughs> he just keeps coming back, man. Despite the fact the crowd was booing every single time he was on the field and cheering every single time. Taysom oh, I mean, at one work. point though, Derek Carr completed I think 16 straight passes in that game and like was getting booed just like relentlessly. You got anything else as far as RBs or you want to jump to receivers, Rich? Uh, the only other guy I'll mention is just Bijan, right? Like, because Bijan, he's got 23, 19, 21 touches the past three games. They're at home in a dome, like Daigle's thing, the, the moral of this story this week. And he did the last time these teams played was the infamous like headache game where he only played 11 snaps. But in that game, Atlanta running backs had 170 yards, 36 touches. We've seen Tampa Bay 
really kind of get leaky the past few weeks against running backs. I mean, obviously they gave up a hundred yards and a touchdown to Christian McCaffrey who hasn't, but then Jonathan Taylor had 90 yards and two touchdowns also in that game. Zach Moss had 70 yards rushing Chuba Hubbard last week at hundred yards and two touchdowns. So Bijan is still one of these guys, like he floats in like that nebulous price zone. I feel like just no one ever really gets to him. Mm-hmm. All right. Jump to receivers, Rich. Uh, I'm on Ra. See somebody we're going with. Those look at the best in game environment this week against Chicago, but you're always on I'm on Ra. We talked about Keenan Allen basically the last man standing for the Chargers. Those are the big spends, at least. Uh, Mike Evans, you know, every he single played. year, 1,000 yards, future Hall of Famer, uh, despite the other people saying that's not going to happen. It's going to happen for sure. Uh, Jefferson coming back this not gonna, week. Hold on. Not going to happen what? Hall of Fame? Yeah, people are saying he's not going to be a Hall of Famer or he's not a Hall who, of Famer. Who are these people? Who are these people? What is your circle? Who are? <laughs> Who are these people? Uh, yeah, try, I, I, try I, a first, I, I, try a first ballot Hall of Famer. What are we doing? He won't get in the first Twitter. I bet he doesn't get first ballot. Well, because no wide receivers do, right? Like T.O. wasn't a first ballot <laughs> Hall of Famer. Well, you sit around and trash what, everybody. What else right? does he got to do? Like, well, that's see. the thing though, is just because receivers such a log jam now because of the dumbass process they have. Like, sure. and now every guy's going to have in, inflated numbers. Now, Mike Evans, I'm I'm going to bet he's a Hall of Famer. But yeah. I'm saying the oh, process yeah. is going to red tape him because look at all the receivers, like the red tape, all these guys have to go through. Like, look at Tory Holt, like what he's going through, right? Like, look at everything these guys go through. 17 games, more passing, And by the time Mike Evans retires, rated. like, we're going to have another, like, slew of dudes with just unreal, like, receiving numbers. But, like, he's absolutely a Hall of Famer. Mike Mike Evans has put up, like, the, the Tom Brady longevity argument as opposed to those other guys. Uh, Tory Holt was great, but Tory Holt was also a product of the greatest show on turf. Well, not product of. He was he was a part of the greatest show on turf, an integral part. Stat accumulator is a is a talent. Uh, you know, that, look at the baseball hall of fame, right? And uh, that's just how that goes sometimes. Staying healthy and longevity, but uh derailing the show again. My apologies. Yeah. But receivers. But, the, the, uh, but man, the, the the process for these receivers in the hall of fame is is brutal, man. Yeah. The whole process is they'll, they'll like all sit around and basically like trying to poke holes, like why shouldn't this guy yeah. be in there? And they trash him for like a day. And it's I, like a I dinner, right? It's, it's they have everyone in the room for like a dinner, and like you make a case for a guy to get in, and like people like to get up and debate like why they're not. It's a roast, basically, and then every once in a while they let them in. It's like, all right, you can join us. We're just joshing you. Here's a yellow jacket. <laughs> um, Rich receivers. Yeah, I mean, you keep playing Mike Evans. Like, say so he's averaging 16.6 yards per catch, his highest rate in a season since 2019. He has his highest target share uh, in a season since 2016, his highest target route per, per route run since 2016. Uh, AJ Terrell did practice today, but there's a chance he's in concussion protocol, doesn't get out. Uh, you could keep playing DJ Moore, who's been on a heater with, you know, Justin Fields and the Lions, man. I mean, over the past six games, they are 22nd in yards per game allowed to wide receivers, 29th in touchdowns allowed. We've seen Keenan Allen go for 11, 175 and two DJ Moore himself have seven ninety six and one Christian Watson five for 94 Alave one nineteen last week. Uh, and then just for one more Falcon, because we keep bringing up Falcons, but yeah, I mean, Drake London looks pretty interesting at his price, especially if people want to play Elijah Moore uh, as like a chalk guy that's like similarly priced. All right, John, jump in here. Some receivers. I need some Oh, and Portland Sutton, some- too. Okay. Uh, Sutton caught a long one last week. Uh, I think he got a bunch of long passes thrown his way. I mean, it's the Cortland Sutton way. Like, this is like the dude's going to make one. Like, he's on his Brandon Lloyd, like, kind of stuff the season this year. <laughs> where, like, he's just going to make one ridiculous catch a game. But he has he has 50% of their end zone targets this year. Uh, wow. 
Chargers have been getting kind of flooded on the outside all season. So he doesn't have a hundred yard game this year, but I think he's going to get one this week. And last week was our Jerry Judy game, like the Austin Eckler game. Dude, it should have been. Russ, Russ, man, Russ hates yeah. Jerry Judy, dude. <laughs> Did you see that play where he was just naked? Did Sean Payton talked about it after the game too? Like Sean Payton actually just like kind of blamed subtly Russ. He was like, nope, Judy's open. Don't look at me. I don't understand the read on that. Maybe because it's fourth and one and he just wanted to get the first down, but I don't understand how he doesn't make that read on that cross, that, that crosser, man. John, uh, some receivers. I want some cheapies, and I have a couple that I think might be interesting. I'm curious to get some thoughts on, but I want to see what you present. Well, first. I got, I got one quick. One I said interesting. Yeah, go ahead. Damn, we made it this far. <laughs> Probably not. I haven't been paying attention. Uh, I have one, and then you can toss your cheapies off of us because I don't have cheapies, unfortunately. I need them too. And Zay Flowers is the only other one. I do like Drake London a whole lot. Rich mentioned him, but Zay Flowers now and his two starts without Mark Andrews has led the team in targets and has scored 17.7 and 23.2 PPR points in those starts. So give us some cheapies now. Um, Let's see. How much is I, – I just realized Noah Brown, but I don't know if he's so, so cheap. How cheap is Noah Brown this week? Man, it's – if you're going to run Not him out at DJ, DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner, that's a tough ask. So um, Mingo, you know, Mingo, I, I don't know if it's no, correlation in small samples. It's in a dome. Probably on the comeback. Uh, he got the most targets I think he's seen all season long last week. He's cheap. Thielen is like official. He's he's old now. He's older than he oh, was yeah. in the season no, started when, he, when he was smashing. I think it's I over. My, I had my last. Oh, I had my last stand with Thielen last week. He, I actually spent real dollars on him, and uh, we're not doing that <laughs> ever again. Correct. Rich, you said just a quick no for Mingo. Like he's three five. I'm just you know, yeah. I'm not trying to. It's not a hard sell, but like you know. No, I mean I, I I'm I'm not playing any Panthers pa Panthers pass catchers. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, uh, I had a couple more, and, and geez, where I can't find where they're at for some reason. But uh, well, yeah, this is why we're struggling for cheapies. JSN, you know, he's a potential cheapie. Um, Elijah Moore is the one that's gonna, gonna Obviously, pop. Yeah. Stay tuned to the weather on that one because. You know, it could potentially Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper is another one of these guys you can't get rid of. Like you think you're like, oh, Amari Cooper, like he lost his leg. He's not going to play this week. And that dude's like practicing on Friday yeah. and like he's back. Like He, he was concussed, <laughs> right? Is that, I think he had a concussion protocol, yeah. if not mistaken. Yeah, he was, he was rib injury protocol. two weeks ago and then a concussion with the rib injury. And right. It wouldn't surprise me if he pops back in. And if he pops back in, like you can't. You can't play Elijah Moore with confidence at all. Elijah Moore didn't have a target in the first quarter with Amari Cooper playing. And then Cooper left, and then they started flinging it to Moore on the outside. Yeah, I think people will get to Parker Washington. Brown's number one in the NFL against slot receivers. They've only got 10 points per game at home this year, too, because they they just keep facing these these quarterbacks, these bad quarterbacks at home. Where did Parker Washington come from? I, I mean, I, you saw him. Okay, but I mean, was this guy like a no? He Parker a Washington prospect? is a baller. He was, uh, I believe, the youngest wide receiver in this class. Uh, he just played with Sean Clifford at, in college, but he was he's he's a he's a he's a good player, man. Okay, because he's just a pure slot though, but he can ball. Uh, you think Beathard he, is a Beathard feels like a guy that like a, no. you know likes to work in the slot, like those five yard passes. Get a, Beathard get a fair cannot bit of ball. ball though. That's, that's he's fine. I mean, I'm not. Yeah, and I, I mean this. Uh, I mean, the Browns defense is weird because like they they're super bad on the road and they've been really excellent at home. Like it's 
They were also a little banged up last week. Yeah. Miles Garrett. Yeah, Denzel Ward's coming back this week. Yeah. I, I think they're getting healthy now. That's my read on it. Uh, Kirk obviously got hurt. If you missed that, uh, TJ so eloquently saying in the chat that his nut exploded. I don't know if that was. Do we have confirmation on that? But that's like, actually you, the medical term, right? Okay, <laughs> exploding. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it shouldn't shouldn't joke. That's got to be brutal. Uh, we feel for him. I, I saw it was a groin, but I guess that makes on, sense on a too, on right? a 26-yard catch too. The dude hauled it in, and like his groin exploded, or the abdomen. Can I region. tell you? I had Somebody, so I had Christian Kirk over 825 receiving yards this year. This is oh. why you don't bet those overs, folks. This is why you bet unders. Be boring. <laughs> I had Christian Cortland Sutton's uh, touchdowns, though, which cashed in like week six. Nice. I, I, I had Kirk over 22 and a half yards as longest reception uh, this week, and he got it in the first week. Nice. And yeah, like in the first play, the very first play. Yeah, first play. Got super, super lucky in that one, but uh, that's a, a quick like, recovery. Like people, people mentioning Parker Washington. Parker Washington probably has a higher lifespan than. Calvin Ridley right now. Like it's just it's gotta be Jover for Ridley from CJ Bethard. Uh not pretty at all. Rich, don't you know the move when uh, your player gets injured? You just tweet at DraftKings or at FanDuel. Oh, that, that, avoid that's the tickets. How am I supposed to account for injuries? I didn't know this guy. What it's a violent sport? You didn't tell me this. Uh that's like your thing, right? Don't you you like <laughs> quote tweet all those people, do you? I don't root for injury, but my favorite thing when I see when somebody gets injured is I start I go to like the mentions for Fandle and DraftKings and it's always whoever was just got hurt. Yeah, it was it's trending. Wild refund. It was, wild. It was it was literally trending this pack week was a uh, was Kirk refund I believe is what it was uh, because people were so upset about it. It's like welcome welcome to the world yeah, of betting. Yeah, so sorry man. Like it's yeah, you could have bet the under there, pal. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You, you want the books? I to did have the the eight, the under. I had eight twenty five, and I was just looking at like some of my season long stuff oh. the other day, and I was like, oh, this one is definitely cashing. And it, well, I jinxed that one. <laughs> yeah, it's it is the worst. Like it, it's you know I understand the frustration, and there's so oh, many yeah, I'm not frustrated now. by it. I, I was saying pour one out. Yeah, yeah. Also, well, I, I understand his, why the general he public lost is nuts. Like poor one's yeah, I heard it's worse for him. I, I, I somebody just lost like a hundred bucks. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure he would uh, change seats pretty quickly if given the if given the option. Um, tight ends, Rich, uh, you, you drew the lucky straw here. Pitch some tight ends to us. You I'm said optimal. Dean, you tell me to pick a tight end. Dean, you uh, said optimal. Oh, it's uh, it's another Brown. Uh, it's funny though because I ran the RG stuff, the RG projections, and I ran uh, the Blitz projections, and I was getting two different guys. The, uh, according to, um, I think that the grinders have uh, Revan Jordan still projected, so like he's probably popping. No, well, we have Njoku uh, being the okay. top guy. I'm trying to see if we have. Uh, oh, I thought Jordan. you were gonna say Harrison Bryant too. No, no, no. Uh, Njoku is still four one, and the, mm-hmm. the second most popular guy on the RG projections is the number one popular guy on Derek Hardy's the Blitz. And this is a play you're not gonna want to play. Kyle Pitts. Yes, there it is. <laughs> Falcons make too baby. easy. We named every clue. Falcon. We have talked about yeah. literally every Falcon. You're right. He's three seven, <laughs> um, but rightfully so, right? Like, shouldn't he be three seven? He might be uh, over. Yes. Well, th- again, like this is like the one guy like DraftKings like adjust right. Like we can't. We talked about Thielen last week, right? It's like, oh, I want to play Thielen. Like the matchup might look good, but I'm like, dude, like they haven't pr- they haven't changed his pricing. Like Don John's talked about Eckler. Like where are the there's no discounts, but Kyle Pitts, like they, everyone dropped him. Like he's like, I think he's is he four <laughs> something too on Fanduel? What is he on Fanduel? Five uh, three. Five three. 
Yeah, that's that's too expensive for me on Fanduel. And it's not uh, it's not like his role has the... changed at all. He's still doing the same exact thing. <laughs> he's still literally top two in the league. I, and, I, I assume Isaiah Likely not. is probably hitting in the models too. Although he has not been good in any game Mark Andrews missed so far this season. Yeah, he, he's he's hitting. He some, led the team in receiving yards. Don't pay attention that it was forty yards. Ignore that part. But he still led the team in receiving yards. Josh in chat saying Komet. Komet is the third most popular tight end hitting the optimals right now on a Wednesday night. Um, you know, it's Komet's a pretty fair pairing with Fields. If Fields is going to be yep, popular. Yep. All right. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to walk outside some. Sunday morning. There's really no other choice. I have to walk outside. Yeah. Um, it's probably, out. is Chicago one of the three teams that's going to be, uh, as far as weather? I ran them down. I yeah. think Chicago's one of them, right? Yeah. Um, thank you for listening to the show, Dean. The game opened at 46 total and it's already been, slam down to 40 like the total is just crushing it's just going well, what, what's interesting is that again this is raw support on a wednesday and this will change mm-hmm. but that one is just yellow for what it's worth he just has like likely dry winds 10 to 15 miles per hour gusts at 20 miles per hour temperatures around 40 uh degrees minor impacts my this, my only concern is the la- i may have ptsd but the last time we did this uh lions and vikings and and lambo or not Lambo in Soldier Field seemed like a great spot. I walk outside. It's forty six degrees and sunny. I order my iced oat milk latte. It was absolutely delicious. I come <laughs> back in. I start building Justin Field stacks with Justin Jefferson running back. And then when the cards turn, I suddenly have sixteen percent Justin Fields in tournaments. I don't want sixteen percent Justin Fields. Like I want seven yeah. percent Justin Fields. And so if everyone's waiting on this game for the cards to turn, I'm just going to avoid this game. It's kind of the way I'm looking at it right now. Uh, some other cheapies being nominated in chat as far as receivers. Like I just think it now Jennings or Tillman if Cooper is out. And that's I guess Jawan Jennings. Uh that's we don't need to go. Does anyone want to answer that? Jawan Jennings plays for the 49ers. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I think he's just saying like Jennings or Tillman if Cooper happens to be out. Oh, 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 gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I'm not playing listen, I'm not playing a lot of guys in this Browns Jaguars game. I'm gonna be honest with you. If not the optimizer for tight ends, anything else that we want to mention when it comes to, uh, you know, you're going to be able to get Hawkinson really low on. Kelsey's probably not going to get that heavily played. I, I thought someone brought up Tanner Hudson in the chat and like, I want to get there, but like he doesn't play. Like he ran 10 pass routes. <laughs> yeah. He didn't even play this past week. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, ran, he keeps, he's the guy that keeps like g- getting targets though. Like he had four for 35, but like he ran 10 pass routes. Like when he's in the game, they actually throw to him. But like the problem is he's not playing and we like, I, it's one of these situations like just play him. It's not like you're, what are you getting out of Irv Smith? We are uh, projecting Schultz in, by the way. That's why Jordan is not popular. Oh, okay. So, th- 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 yeah, that would move. But we, we're currently projecting Schultz to be back, so Jordan not in play. But I'm sure that's a funnel. Schultz, I mean, yeah. the Jets, because that's the one thing that when people talk about like Pitts and like how he was huge last week, and Daigle even talked about a little bit James Cook, but like the Jets, you have to remember, like dudes, nobody throws their wide receivers against the Jets except for the Dolphins because mm-hmm. their guys are faster than everybody, but. The Jets funnel targets to tight ends and running backs, so they get inflated. It's like Pitts got used last week because, like, you know, there's a little bit of fun, although they did throw him a couple long balls on DJ Reed. <laughs> we got anything else as far as tight ends? Anything else as far as the slate? Or are we going to be uh, done with football? We gave the people an hour and a half of football. Go ahead, John. I think the last thing is that I, I did hear a rumor that K. Dotton scores every fourth game. So <laughs> <laughs> that's the last one. 
And the earth is flat, too. Um, but We're yeah, going to be stacking Bucks Falcons, huh? If that's what we came to. Dang, dang, why did you pick Bucks Falcons on this? Right? Why didn't I? I thought about it, but it's still 39 and a half. Like, I know we're trying to beat the market when talking about these games, but it's still 39 and a half. Like, it's really bad. We mentioned everybody in the Falcons, but Ritter. I, he's five. I, Dango brought, Dango brought up I, I, I touched you, on him. Like, yeah. Yeah. Ten yards yeah. per ten laps to match up. Like honestly, the way these the way the quarterbacks work, especially in slates like this, if you're not getting to Josh Allen, you know, you're just kind of you're tacking on the quarterback. There's really not even a good like microanalysis thing to say about him. It's like, okay, if I want to play Kyle Pitts and, and Drake London, because they're so cheap, I can tack on Desmond Ritter. That's the argument. He also has rushing upside and a soft matchup against his Bucks defense that has also been leaking the fourth highest rate of explosive plays. And we cross our fingers. That's the only macro analysis it is. Rich, you are moving the needle. Your son is moving the needle in chat. Braden Rebar in chats talking about K Rebar's changing ownership right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to bet uh, overs on Otten right now. And they just locked it up in, in the sports book because they're listening to. The number will be adjusted for sure, but uh, is that how we're ending the show? Is that where we're going to talk about I just, in a second? Uh, Braden Rebar played Gigi Smith-Schuster in some tournaments last week. <laughs> oh, hey, does careful. he know what year? I mean, Jude, not even like the best Patriot receiver. <laughs> he did win. Terrible. He did win some money though. He cashed. So hey, hey, Juju, Juju got him to the plays he needed to get to. He accessed the. Is your son going to play showdown tomorrow night? New England versus uh, <laughs> New England versus the Steelers. Yeah, you got. Oh have, my god, I'm sure. Thirty and a half total defenses are going to be in the captain. It's just going to be an absolute disaster. But something's got to win. Somebody's oh, imagine if Najee doesn't end up playing because uh, you know it's going to be like Twitter on a Jalen Warren Island game is going to be unbearable, right? Like that's like that's an experience I don't want to be a part of. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to watch the game. I'm not going to be on Twitter at all tomorrow. We're going to cancel it all. The My baseball teams will be happy to see uh, Harris take a seat, though. But the ones the that Twitter, are the Twitter, Najee Harris, Jalen Warren War is something I'm just not participating in the year 2023. Well, let's participate and talk a little bit of movies. That's it. That's it for football. If you guys, uh, if you wanted football, you got football. You got an hour and a half of football. Now we're going to talk about the movie we were obligated to watch last week. Uh, I believe um, Rich, Rich, you assigned us Fat Man. Is that correct? You were the one that won last week, correct? Yes. And uh, producer Rob, unfortunately, is not going to be with us. TJ said he sent a video, which I don't yeah, know well, how to this video. Yeah, let's play this video. Cut Rob in here. Hey, Rob Coakley, usually here <laughs> with you guys on Wednesday nights, but I flew across the country to California, so I couldn't make it. And I need to give you at least my one minute review on the fat man. So Dean, Reeves, and even Dago, <laughs> I am a little bit sorry that I'm not there, but I am in... A better place at the moment so before we get into it daigle how the hell did you win this contest you weren't even in it i can't <laughs> wait to see what you pick for us though now let's get on to the fat man everything i've done is more entertaining than the movie that i am talking about right now this movie <laughs> tried to be a dark comedy didn't land with almost anything at all what is this military plot line is it just to get some cannon fodder for oh. the assassin that's coming after Santa Claus, played by Mel Gibson, who never wears red. It is, this movie is a train wreck, bro. Like, what are we doing in this movie? Who is this director? What was this script? I love Walter Goggins. Terrible role. 
for him it, they don't they just show him half the movie just doing things that have nothing to do with the plot we watch him drive through all of what i'm assuming is canada did not like this movie mel gibson's monologue at the end to the kid it adds a half star back for me i'm gonna give this a 1.2 go out of your way not to watch this movie there is no <laughs> real redeeming qualities and it's boring if you're gonna be bad at least be fun and it's not guys can't wait to hear your scores and i will see you wow voice messed up there i'm gonna leave it and i will see you next week bye all right so we saw fat man starring as uh, rob told you starring mel gibson as well as Walter Goggins. Uh, according to Rotten Tomatoes, this is the, the summary. Uh, to save his declining business, Chris Kringle, also known as Santa Claus, is forced into a partnership with the U.S. military, making matters worse. Chris gets locked into a deadly battle of wits against a highly skilled assassin <laughs> hired by a precocious 12-year-old after receiving a lump of coal in his stocking. And I don't want to just go off on the ramp, but that you read that it's like oh my god this is going to be fun it's going to be completely yes. ridiculous it's going to be completely absurd it's going to go off the rails it's just going to be total nonsense you know you don't ask any questions like a popcorn movie and rob really hit on it it was boring it was boring like they they didn't lean in on like fun they they had no interest in having any fun in this movie i don't know if you saw violent night violent night another christmas movie you know with a santa claus guy and they leaned in on the fun that they had a great time and it was just not it was over the top, and this was just like nothing happened. This could have been done like in eight minutes. This entire movie, the entire plot, could have been done in eight minutes. Uh, I, I will, I will yield for now. But uh, John, uh, jump in here as far as uh, Batman. I, I, uh, I wholeheartedly agree with Rob set Rob's take, and massively disappointed. Uh, I just, I, I thought it would be fun, and I could not believe, if anything, that there should be like some uh, winking at the camera, some jokes, and. It just didn't happen. Within 30 minutes, I wrote in my movie notes a uh, lot of meat on the bone here because <laughs> it should have it should have been more wacky. They, it, they yeah. had a lot of room to goof around. And I genuinely love the premise. I, I don't understand why Christmas was failing and we need to hire, hire the military to a, no to, a one year, to a two year contract that actually in the end <laughs> became a one year contract. Like they actually just negated the second year. I don't understand how that happened either. But I loved it. I thought, okay, this could work, actually. We're we're finagling our way to Santa needing the military to understand his ways of efficiency. Thus, uh, this makes a lot of sense. But then, yes, the, the angry kid, how did he hire the assassin um, who is Walton Goggins? It's probably like pick cherry-pick this role, too, because it's kind of perfect for him. Why wasn't it more fun? Why wasn't there more jokes? Uh, why was it trying to be an action movie when it wasn't even like a Fast and the Furious action movie? It was like a dramatic action movie. It didn't need to be this at all. I think that's what I was most frustrated about, honestly. Rich? <laughs> Dude, when uh, Rob brought up about like this, like I don't understand why we're going to show like Goggins go through all this stuff. Like he went to like that, that like the bought that hamster wheel. Like, uh, what are we doing? Like, why is this in the movie? Like, why is this right. even in the movie? Yeah, why is any of this in the movie? Like, 90% of it's like, what is nothing's happening here? What is happening? Uh, my expectations were pretty low, but my expectations were low under the premise that, yeah, I thought it was going to be like goofy bad, like you know, like it, it just never was goofy. It tried to be like a dark comedy and be serious. The only thing that I liked about this was uh, his relation, Mel Gibson's relationship with his wife. 
the only thing I liked that like Santa had like a real like hardship, like real relationship. That was the only yeah. part that I thought was like redeeming. I don't understand the whole premise of how he's operating. Oh, we should have did a, a, a spoiler for this, this one, just because in case people were listening to the car and they do have kids, right? Like, you know, we are talking about is that time of year in case there are young kids. Oh yeah. So uh, yeah. spoiler now. <laughs> <laughs> spoiler now if your kids are in the car please turn this off for all the reasons above i remember i did a podcast with Harmon a couple years ago and he said something about santa and uh he was like man we should probably take that out like someone might be listening to this like <laughs> i was like yeah man you know like, you don't know who people listen to in their car probably not yeah. to this show in particular because we get a little loose loose lipped uh at, at points but uh yeah sport pre-spoiler there <laughs> um yeah, yeah, Dean, go ahead because a genuine. But also, wait, yeah, the uh, oh. the one thing I wanted to bring up in the mid thought there was that what what's like the actual business of Christmas? I don't get it. Like at one point, he's like calling Elon Musk, like trying to get business, like are, are like people infringing on like Santa's territory and making their own toys that he's not delivering. Like I don't really understand what's going on here. <laughs> and, and, and why like, is it? Why, why was it Christmas failing? Like, yeah, like, why was Christmas? It, it cost too much money to give out. What, what, what money are you making? Like, what's even like contributing to the positive? Like, you can yeah. actually like. How, I, how I did didn't you understand your contract? That. Yeah, <laughs> it makes no sense at all. Where does your salary come from? But to, to begin with, like, like at one point everything. he, at one point they try to lean in, go into like this plot line of like where Christmas is failing because there are no good kids in the world anymore, and like that part's kind of interesting, but they don't do anything with that. It's like that's like a business aspect, and I don't understand the business model. Like, but that would be good for business. You have to buy less toys. It costs less money to manufacture toys, and the kids are bad. But the, the he, only the good, argument was the, the yeah. only good bit they did is when that elf disassembled that bomb. That was like the only <laughs> good bit they did. But they had already lost I, me like thirty minutes before that. But yeah, like, I was already out. I was just powering I, through. I, I do also. I I want more backstory the most to the Mel Gibson Walton Goggins stand down. Whenever he says, like, how did you think I get this job? Not because I'm fat and jolly. And then they started firing guns at one another. Okay, let's hear who else attacked Santa. I would love to know that. I want the backstory of that portion as well. I'm just frustrated, Dean, because, again, the premise is actually great. I kind of love this idea. It could have been fun. I think yeah. the cast, oddly enough, is perfect for this idea. But the director, the scriptwriter, let them down entirely. There could have been so much more here. Stay in your lane. Like I, they're trying to teach us a lesson. They're, they're you know, they're, they're taking anything that's fun in this movie. Also, the movie's called Fat Man. You know, Jolly St. Nick's he's a fat. He's not fat. Like Bill Gibson's, he's not like spelt, but he's make him fatter. Like give us like the uh, Santa Claus thing or something like that. I think Why he's a good Santa though. <laughs> he's a fine Santa, but like they didn't like, you know, uh, fatten him up, give him like the nutty professor treatment or something like right. that. I, I don't understand. I what that, that, that's a nitpick, maybe, but like. You know, and that's traditional. What are they, Jolly Saint Nick? And then they call him the Fat Man. Yeah, sure. But like, he wasn't that fat. He wasn't fat enough to be the Fat Man. Is what I'm saying. That's all. <laughs> that's one of my uh, one of my issues among, among many. Uh, I'm not sure if anybody in chat has actually seen this movie. I mean, that hand cannon he had was pretty cool, but that was it. <laughs> oh, the uh, Mrs. Mrs. Claus hand cannon was the best. We got the double action revolver she had. It. Uh, it was disappointing. Uh, we we, we got to put a grade on it. We got to do the Rotten Tomatoes. We got to do the uh, the IMDb. And I I had to pull the page up, so I'm gonna you know I, I I'm not I can't participate. I, actually, you know what? I'm not gonna say anything because I was just gonna make a comment, but I'm just gonna I don't want to sway the numbers. Let's go IMDb first. Uh, Rich, put a score on it from IMDb for Batman. 
5.5. All right. John? Gosh, man. I'm so pissed. It should have been good. It should have been special. <laughs> yeah. It should have been. Down. It should have been. Like, it's great. It's actually like great. It's, it's so great in premise. And I even had fun for a few times, but man, they could have done so much more. I'm going to say lower uh, 5.1, but I, I bet it is between five and six. It, it is. It's a five, nine on IMDb. Okay. And now let's, let's pull up Rotten Tomatoes. Give me the critic score. 119 critics. What's I weird know. is I don't know how this works here. Uh, Rich, it says 119 critics have uh, submitted uh, a, you know, a number or a thumb, I guess, up or down. And audience score, fewer than 50 verified ratings. Usually it's like 50,000 verified people. Like, no nobody I don't think it's like was like out or anything. I don't know if this got released in theaters. I don't remember. I remember like seeing like a trailer for it at one point. Yes. And, and then I don't remember anything after that. Like it came, coming out or like getting any type of like, this is on Netflix or this is on whatever. Uh, I don't like it kind of just came and went. And there's probably a good reason for that. Yes, th- there is a good reason for it. <laughs> Um, so what do you got? Critic, give, give me both. Give me the, oh, this the is definitely a critic score has got to be like, dude, 35%. Audience, though, I bet audience is still high. I bet audience is still like 80 for 75, 80%. Okay. Um, g- give me an official number. What do you got? What's your official number on audience? Audience, uh, 81%. John. Lower again, 76%, but riches in the range. That's for audience. Yes, audience. Oh, and the critics? Uh, oh, critics. Gosh, <laughs> what, 40, 41%, I'm going to say? Oh, you guys together, like both, you guys swept the showcase showdown. You would have got both prizes because 44% for the uh, critics. That's higher. Than thought, critics. Yeah. The audience, I'm like, why is the audience so high? It's fewer than 50 people. 84% from the audience. I guess only if you like this movie, you're inspired to say how much you liked it. They just go let people it. know. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, just massively, massively disappointing. Have you guys seen Violent uh, Violent Night by chance? The other I haven't. Uh, it's pretty fun. I, I, w- I would recommend that. Like, that's what this should have been. Um, you know, it doesn't take itself too seriously. That's a David Arbor jam, right? Yes, yes. Um, and I think that's a high uh critic score as well. But he got mistaken. skinny though, he lost all that weight. How does he pull off there? Are you body shaming him in that movie, or is he fat <laughs> the movie's enough? not called Fat Man? It's called Violent Night. <laughs> He's fat enough for that movie for you, Dean? I, Mel, Mel Gibson did call himself the fat man like four times in this movie. Yeah, and it's like not like he's not like you know, he's not running a marathon anytime soon, but right? It's there's other people you picture that might play the Batman. Uh Violent Night, by the way, 74% from the critics, 88% from the audience. Um we got to put a score on it ourselves. Uh, Rich, you want to go first? You give it a tight end, right? What's What terrible tight end are we thinking of? To, yeah, uh, this is, uh, for me, uh, this is a, a Kyle Brady. Uh, if you remember, uh, former first-round pick. I think Kyle Brady was the ninth overall draft selection uh, when he came out and just was a completely boring player his whole career. Uh, Jet Jaguar. I think he finished up with the Patriots, but, like, this guy did nothing in the NFL of note. And he should have been fun because that's why I equate this movie, right? It's a high, he was a high draft pick. There's expectations and just was boring. It's, uh, you know, last week I thought we could not top, uh, you know, Randy McMichael, got to gotta mention. And this week we, we did. You, you, you topped it. Uh, Kyle Brady, who uh, played in the NFL. I'm not going to fake the funk, Dean. 
Don't fake the funk. I'm a nasty dunk. Um, yeah, I, I remember Kyle Brady too. And like, it's funny. I don't remember one thing about him, which is kind of the point. Yes. It's like, <laughs> uh, Penn State tight end. What's well, the most yards Kyle Brady in a season? It had to be like 650 or something. In the year 2000, it's a Conan O'Brien bit. He had 729 yards. Woo! So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> he played 15 of 16 games for Jacksonville. Um, but How otherwise, many career touchdowns did this guy score? Uh, a career high in one season was five in 1998. That and sounds total, right. 25 touchdowns. But again, he played like 13 seasons. So he just kind of hung around. Yeah, so not, not very fantasy relevant. And basically, he might have had a week here and a week there, but not something we're excited about. Um, John, you, you got a score for should, Batman. Should be higher, but I'm going to take into account the 5.9 score of IMDb, and I'm going to go 5.9 for my score as well, out of 10. We're being helped out here in chat. Uh, this movie did not make uh, $300,000 in the, yeah, it was, I think How it was in the theaters. How much did Goggins and Gibson make? More, I would imagine. I mean, Gibson obviously not getting what he used to get, but I'm assuming the movie was a flop. Uh, I don't know. Maybe internationally it's like huge in Japan or something. I couldn't speak to that. I have no idea. But uh, John, you are up. You have to, The bar is low. We got to do better. <laughs> I don't know if you want to stay on the Christmas theme. We were talking Christmas. He's getting props. Is he going to get props or something? He's still going to get props. I don't know. He left. Oh, did, oh, did he just take off? I, what? I don't know. Maybe he was so disgusted by Batman. Keep an eye on the private chat, Dean. Come on. I, oh. I, I assumed he was going to get some kind of prop or something. I don't know. Oh, we got to kill some time now, I suppose. Okay, yeah. He says he's got a, let's see, he's got a list of these movies I'm offering for the next week. Okay. Oh, he's got to use the bathroom really quickly. Okay. Well, well, we can kill some time. Uh, <laughs> but your favorite Christmas movie of all time, Rich, we talked about this pre-show. Um, do you have one that's like a go-to? Every single year, the family gathers around. Uh, I would say I would rank Home Alone relatively high because just I was that per the perfect demographic. Obviously, when that came out, uh, do recently obviously love Elf like a lot of people. Uh, throwback, you know, obviously Christmas Story, which was filmed near where I am. Um, we actually have like a a, a really cool like Christmas uh, story. Uh, store too uh that's near me mm. me and my wife are just there too and you it's got like the original uh the the trailer from christmas vacation also a great christmas movie as well uh that you can go see too as well but yeah those all are, are all in there uh for me is the store open year-round like can i go yes, there in it's, march yeah it's called it's called castle noel okay yeah when you can I, do I like a to tour uh i went to ucf and uh, outside of ucf outside of orlando there's a, a, there a city called christmas and like they build, like they have like a, you know, I don't know how many people are in Christmas. It's a small little town, but like, yeah, the same sort of deal where the town, I guess, survives off of uh, people shopping for Christmas stuff. So uh, you, you said you were already there. Like, the tree Is the tree already up for you, Rich? You, you one of those people that puts it up uh, right after the Oh, yeah. My wife is Black Friday. There you go. Like, 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 uh, like, there is, there's something you'd enjoy, Dean, in Chicago that pops up from the end of November until the first of January called the Chris Kendall Market. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it it literally is basically the state fair of Chicago, but Christmas themed and only for one month. Like they even throw in all the food, all the drinks, all the decor, uh, the crazy food too. Like, you know, their your bourbon hot chocolates and everything else. They have German and Austrian wine tasting. It's just like this. Uh, just imagine all the food and drinks you want inside of a little area in Chicago for 
one month only. There you go. Sold. Uh, I assume you're going to be going. Oh yeah. Friday. Absolutely. You going by yourself. Like you, like you like to do sometimes or not to the Chris. Sure, we'll go, we'll go enjoy with friends, but definitely loading up on pretty much whatever they would like to offer me. You got some props for us or you have some selections. Uh, you're going to give us a, uh, some choices oh, he's just using the bathroom. I thought for sure. Dang, we'll get like some props or something. Like he's known to do sometimes. Okay. No, 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 no props. I literally just need to run to the bathroom because this show goes two hours. That was my fault. We got to get catheters for this show for sure. We go way too long. But yeah, yeah. Uh, John, old. what do you got? Uh, have you decided on, right. on a movie? Are we still thinking oh, about yeah. it? You're going to give us some options? I wrote them down and I kind of feel like, although it was a good idea, Rich brought a, presented a good idea to the table. We were still left empty handed. Like I still yep. wanted more. So I'm going to keep with the holiday theme. And we're going to try this again. We're going to try this one more time. So I have five selections for y'all. I'm going to let you five. choose between them. Five. Yeah. We're extending this because we want to get it right. We don't want to be let down like fat bands. So Jack we'll, go with, out. we'll go with first option is the night before. And maybe we got there last week, right? The Seth Rogen film. Uh, night before is one. If you want to go comedy range, I haven't seen it if i have i don't remember it so that tells you everything you need to know but there's that uh there is the jason bateman one that i didn't know existed called office christmas party Mm -hmm. i don't know if anyone's seen that there is silent night well we both just said i didn't see violent night i just saw it but like silent night oh silent Silent night silent night i believe is a uh Thriller, thriller. Look up the look up the theme, Rich, and read off the description. Silent Night. Uh, it's a John Woo movie, and Joel Kinnaman's in it. It looks relatively Keira new. Knightley as well. Matthew. Oh, Goode. it's a 2023 movie. Yeah, Christmas. Movie is it a Christmas well. movie? It is. It Christmas is a Christmas movie. movie. Holiday right. movie. Yeah. So there's that. Joel Kinnaman's an interesting dude. Oh, Kid Cudi is in this. Okay, so that's a John option. Woo Kid Cuddy jam. This is not there is, wait, is there two different movies? I have one from 2021 called Silent Night. You're saying you're saying yours is from 2023? The Kira Knightley one. I, is mean, the one I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm looking. This one has Joel Kinnaman, which is I mean now I'm completely it's Joel Kim and John Woo and Kid Cuddy. How could there are two silent nights? I think you're on the correct one. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> Yeah, I think you're on the 2021 one. No, I don't know which one you're on. Uh, What's D. the other one here? Oh, the I found other the John one. John one. Oh, the other one looks like a Christmas movie as well. <laughs> oh, maybe I'm on the wrong Malcolm one. Malcolm McDowell jam. All right, so both. Oh, Silent Jamie Knights. King. It's Jamie King, not Kira Knightley. I can see how that uh, got crossed up. All right, both Silent Nights. Now it's six movies. You can pick which one. And then, <laughs> uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang from 2005. I know for sure. Uh, Dean Dean has probably definitely seen that because it's yeah, a classic. Dean has to love Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I uh, Pat Mayo uh, hyped that movie up and like he talked about it so much and I eventually caught it and it's very very good. It's uh, one of those uh, movies for some to, reason that's lost. We don't have to uh, watch it then because uh, Rich, you've seen it too, right? Yeah, it's a Shane Black movie. Who my friend right. swears I look like Shane Black, but I don't believe him. Uh, I've heard worse. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna cancel Kiss and then finally because y'all talked about it so much, I quickly typed in <laughs> Violent Night. So think about all those options. I'm good with whatever. I just saw Violent Night, like literally this week. I wanted to see both of them. And I, I all right, cancel Violent Night then. 
but like I'm, it's fresh in my mind. So like you know, if you guys want to watch you it, can by do all a review means. of it. Uh, I have not seen Violent or Silent Night. <laughs> uh, both comedies I think are very enjoyable. If no yes, one's seen I, those, uh, I've seen them both. They're both fun. They are fun movies. If you've seen them both, then maybe all of us, chat included, should do Silent Night. But where is it streaming? Which what, which one? Uh, <laughs> look up the new one first, since they're both holiday movies. Look up the yeah. Pure Nightly, Silent Night, and see where it is streaming. Wait, uh, which one? Wait, I thought we declared Kira Knightley wasn't in one of them. Or she in a, is there a third one with Kira Knightley? No, <laughs> there are two of them. So Jamie crazy. King is in one. Oh, okay. So Jamie King, where's it? Did I? Did at? you hear me when I first said that there's a John Woo movie with Kid Cudi? <laughs> Where is that streaming at? I'm yeah, there to are find three. It. There, there are apparently there's three. The chat is clearing up. There actually are three. Jesus, guys, we gotta. Why we gotta put a moratorium on people making more? Okay, so we're canceling the night before, and we're just the gonna John get down. John one is not playing anywhere. Just for the record, I, I, it's playing at the cinema, I believe. Like Silent Night. Oh, just it's like in theaters. Now. It's like coming uh, out in the I, theaters now. I, I don't want y'all. I don't want to make y'all go to theaters. I would, but that'd be the first for the show. We yeah. have to actually leave Too our home. Yeah, it's a pretty big commitment. What I would the do it. Movie John Woo made. I don't know. Yeah, we know him for Face Off, right? That's like his most famous, I would imagine. Yeah, and then that uh, the worst mission, the only Mission Impossible that's bad. I didn't know that. I didn't know he took. I didn't know he was on one of the Mission Impossible movies. The new, the newest Mission Impossible is quite literally incredible. It it may have changed my life. Oh yeah, Mission Impossible three through seven are are awesome. Seven is amazing. So good. I like the Philip Seymour Hoffman one. That's the one. I, I don't know what number that That's is. That's the third one. one. That's when they that re- rekindled itself after John Woo killed it. <laughs> I do. I, I'm confused on the Silent Night. I don't know what we're what what we're what we're watching here. I don't know. Uh, not like, the one so that's in theaters. Nights. There's so many Silent Nights. Not the one that's in theaters. <laughs> so another one. It's too confusing. <laughs> So John, you had, you had this plan. You like five or six movies for us, and we still can't get one for some reason. But what are we officially locking in? We got we got to step aside and get out of here. The people have been hanging with us for two hours. We do appreciate that. TJ, producer TJ's nights. had a long day. I think twenty. I think twenty twenty one. Silent Night is what we're going for. With that's the one with Keira Knightley. Okay, which is a thriller and, uh, and a holiday movie. All right. Did you want to give uh, John? What is your favorite Christmas movie? Do you happen to have one off the dome? Is there, is there a chalk pick for you? Uh, it's Rich the, gave it's the chalk. Like, it's the cliche, Die Hard and Elf. Those are my two favorites. There you go. Those are pretty solid answers. Uh, according to the chat, by the way, Super Bash is saying Hard Boiled is the best John movie. Oh movie. yeah, that movie rules. I've heard of it. I don't know if I've seen it before, but I've definitely heard of it. But uh, watch that, Dean. Watch that instead. Instead of Silent Night. Well, it's John. It's John's call. You know, I, I don't want to step on toes. Whatever you want us to watch, we're going to watch. Which one? What do you want? What do you want to watch I, instead? I don't know, man. <laughs> Listen, I I don't know what silent. I gotta watch every silent night just to cover my bases here. It's Thirty-two <laughs> silent nights, and I gotta make sure I watch the right I, one. I, I kind of want to make everyone go to the theater, but I don't want to. That's mean. That's like a that's a new grounds for the show. What are we doing here? There is a Kira Knightley uh, silent night. I think that's, is that what we're settling on because that is both a holiday movie. And the thriller, I guess. Is that is that where we're locking in, John? It's also it says it's a it's a black comedy film. Okay, Apoca- it's an apocalyptic black comedy 
with Kira Knightley and it's a holiday movie. I say, let's go that direction. All right. That sounds good for me. Uh, 2021. Does that work for you, Rich? Yeah, I mean, listen, I come on, I'm, I participate by the rules of this, 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 uh, that we've established. I will, I will watch what you guys put out. Although Dangle was Knight. not in the actual tournament. Yeah. It, it, like but, you said, there was an asterisk by it, but he, this is what I would have played, is what he said. <laughs> I, I play my single entry lineup every week in that. <laughs> why Why else would I show y'all a Kitty Pickett lineup? That's, Don't blame me for point. letting Kitty Pickett beat y'all. <laughs> <laughs> it was a rough week for you. I think I had Stevenson, if I'm not mistaken, in that lineup, but it doesn't matter. Um, we, we'll bounce back next week. Uh, we'll sign a movie for the people. But, uh, John, tell the people where they can find you as far as the socials. I know they know, but there's like one person. Like, we're, we're going to get more of this John Daigle guy. Uh, you can find me not in theaters watching Silent Night, but at home watching 2021 <laughs> Silent Night, since there are apparently three of them, although I am interested in the John Woo one now. Uh, you can also find me at not Jay Daigle on Twitter and you don't need my redraft content anymore. Cause like it's, it's, you know, you know what your team is, but I still tweet about it sometimes. And if you want to ask me a question there, that's cool too. Rich. Uh, yeah. All my work is at chart football analysis. I break down every player, every game of the week. We like Daigle. I mean, it's like, you know, so we're not moving fantasy subs at this point uh, for season long. So you can catch me with Daigle and Dean every nine, uh, every Wednesday at nine, reviewing movies and talking about uh, some bad quarterbacks. Do appreciate y'all listening, sticking around for the two hours. Good luck this week for Rich, for John, for producer TJ, for John Wu, for Silent Night, for Kyle Brady. All of them. I was Dean. Thanks for listening. Go win something this week. Come back with us for week 15 for the season-long playoffs. There you go. Good times. We're out of here. Oh! 